Hey everybody, welcome to Joyous Eclectic, where we talk about the good, the bad, and the interesting in all sorts of music. Let's get into it. That was great. Uh, here we are. So, hey guys, how's it going? This is Parker hey. speaking uh, for anybody who's listening. And what have you guys been listening to this past week? What's been your soundtrack for the week? Uh, Matt, I'll take go it. Ahead. Do yeah. it. Hi, you fellows. Hello. Hey, you guys. Hello. Uh, so, this week, I did a lot of preparation for our talk, which I think we're going to spend the majority of <laughs> yeah. the time on today. <laughs> yep. Uh, prepping for the video game soundtracks. And of course, as always, when I'm like trying to find. It, you know, specific songs for a certain thing, I kind of fall down a rabbit hole. Yeah. That happened this week. Uh, and one of the rabbit holes that I find myself falling down a lot when I'm like doing research on things like film scores and whatnot is classical music in general, uh, because mm-hmm. I love big orchestras and, and that kind of stuff. So I kind of fell into a classical rabbit hole this week. Yeah. And I am not a connoisseur of classical music by any means. I don't, I don't know like all the, you know, indie classical guys. <laughs> Uh, indie classical guys is a really interesting thing that you just said. I only follow mainstream classical. (laughs) Honestly, I wonder, I feel like the the hardcore classical audience, not like Mm -hmm. hardcore music and classical, but Mm -hmm. I feel like they'd be like, yeah, totally, that's a thing. Or maybe I'm completely wrong, they're like, you're a Well, that's the thing, it's like every time I talk about classical music, I feel like I'm just irritating like a real classical music fan is like oh pff, oh you're talking about beethoven yeah like, right. whatever <laughs> to but, be fair like most most legit classical folks mm-hmm. it's like they still have a real deep appreciation even for the the really popular folks. Yeah. like beethoven i mean like beethoven single-handedly ushered in the romantic era he is sure. a big deal regardless of how many people know about him right He's very important. I mean, it's like musicians mm-hmm. caring about the. Or, I mean, not that they're not musicians, but you know, like popular musicians <laughs> caring about the Beatles or whatever. Right. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's still you know they're still a big deal. Yeah, yeah. For all you know, it's worth. And then it's, it's always a pain in the butt when you get that guy who's like, I don't really care about the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> yes, like, you well, do. I. Hmm. You should. I mean, I mean, to be fair, like I respect a lot of the Beatles' influence on the genre as a whole and music mm-hmm. as a whole. Like they were incredible musicians. They made incredible music. Mm-hmm. I don't ever listen to it. Right. Like I'm. I'm I just right don't sure. enjoy listening to the Beatles most of the time. Yeah. That's my. That's yeah. my. But, no, you're cross right. To bear. But still <laughs> respecting the like the history that brings along with it and the innovation yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So even if it's not something that's like i'm gonna jam out to some beatles right now yeah appreciating it and respecting it still for what it is yeah it's super so that's a tangent what have you actually (laughs) been listening to (laughs) so anyways back to classical yeah Uh i uh and i don't i don't ever dive too deep into classical as much as i would like to but i kind of always go back to some people that i haven't heard in a while some composers that i really enjoy and one of the composers i really enjoy uh, his name is edward grieg has he been putting out new stuff recently edward grieg yeah i know who that is and i want you to continue (laughs) talking about it because he's great Uh, he's a a very famous composer uh even if you haven't heard his name i can 100 percent guarantee you you've heard his music uh He's, he's in the whole probably, of the King. <laughs> yeah, he's probably mostly known for the Pier Gint Suite, uh, of which there are um, four movements in Suite Number One, and you definitely know the fourth movement, which is in yeah. the Hall of the Mountain King. And yep, you know that one, and you probably know the first movement too, which is uh, Spring Song. It's the Spring Song. It's the Morning Song. Yeah. 
here's the thing. Yep. Wait, time out real quick. There's lots of times where I'll like just in life pretend to I don't know, wake up or something. <laughs> yeah. Just be around other people where it's like a waking up thing and I'll whistle that or sing that. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody ever like I'm sure if they heard the or like the recording, they would yeah. know what I'm oh, talking yeah, about. Yeah, right. But they're like you're really dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Which Learn, is true. No, no, learning so. how to play flute when you're young, yeah. like that is That's on the, the like a short list of things that you have to learn <laughs> when you're uh-huh. yeah. It's, yeah. So uh, those there's those two movements. Like I said, uh, the whole first part of the suite is comprised of four movements. Uh, the the two that you may not be as familiar with are the second and the third. And the one that I always th- that I love more than any of the other movements in this in this piece is the second one. It's called the Death of Us. say or however you want to say it, it's german ase uh and it's man it is it is such a beautiful piece it's built on three notes it's it's just a climbing bum 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 much like you know beethoven's ninth you know bum, 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 bum. it's just the fifth i think fifth that's yeah. the fifth yes yep, you're right that's the, fifth. <laughs> the ninth is a way more beautiful piece <laughs> um but yeah the, the one that i love is uh the death of ase and i it will get a sample up there yeah, so you guys can hear it 100%. but um it's it's so it's just so beautiful because it starts out so mezzo piano and just uh, gradually increases throughout the entirety of the song and until it's just this big huge dramatic death scene and it's such a fitting title because that's what I think of I think of like watching a movie and like the main character has just died in the worst fashion and everything's so sad and you just want to cry and like uh, what makes this song so great to me is the dissonance that uh, Greg is able to use in some of these notes you know it's based on those three notes as a root but uh when the other instrumentation starts to kind of join in the 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 violas and the cellos and like those middle range instruments they get further and further apart every time so it's it's just this weird dissonant you know epic buildup of like drama and sadness and hmm. and it just it, it kind of puts me down every time i hear it kind of like we were talking about last week you know where it's 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 so heavy but it's yeah. still like you still want to listen to it because it's so heavy and it puts you in a worse mood but <laughs> um and then he's able to cheer you right up when you go into the third movie because it's you know a, a happier song and then you move into in the hall of the mountain king which is like yeah it's just like, kind of a, a reproarious good time yes like, yeah. it's like it's just this this happy like exclamation point on this mm-hmm. movement that's kind of taking you and all kind of like you know start out in the morning and everything's mm-hmm. pleasant and nice and you move into the sadness and then you like kind of get that hope back up and then yep. you finish with like a yes <laughs> yeah so very good movement period yeah. sweet yeah. I wish yeah, more popular fantastic. music did movement stuff again. Um, Punch Brothers, for example, on their first yeah. album mm-hmm. has a four-piece movement or four-movement little segment of things, and it's most of their first album. It's like they're ten minutes each, um, but it's like bluegrass, progressive bluegrass sort yeah, of, yeah, yeah. which well, is so yeah, good for all of Chris Thiele's like bluegrass influence yeah. and everything. Like, I think he comes from a very classical background because yeah, even yeah. the goat rodeo sessions and oh, everything, man. like, I mean, they're all reading music for that whole thing. So obviously yeah. he knows classical yeah. lineage or whatever. It's all very you know? intricate. I mean, yeah. Yeah, 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 for yeah. folk music, it's... But mm-hmm. like, just what we're used to hearing typically uh, as kind of song arrangements is we'll hear either singles or albums or kind of yeah. like two songs that go together maybe or something. But yeah, not yeah. very often in contemporary music do we hear four pieces, you know, like... Because that's the average kind length, I guess, for movements yeah. is three yeah. or four. But like those like three pieces that really go together and, you know, bring back ideas and stuff. So there's something there that I feel like 
could really reinvigorate, not reinvigorate, there's plenty of great stuff going on in music, yeah. but you know, it would be, just be fun. <laughs> right. In yeah. any case. Totally. I think yeah. the only, the only person that I've known really doing a, a very, very similar thing to that is maybe like, uh, the deer hunter when he had the color EPs. Mm. Yeah. He did kind of a similar thing where he or would thrice take with the alchemy index. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Just like taking those, you know, three or four songs and making them be a color yeah. and then doing a ton uh, like seven or so EPs of just all these different primary colors and writing songs about that. Like that's, mm. that's really, I always wanted to do that. Like yeah. when I was younger, <laughs> I was like, man, that'd be so cool. Just to have like, the white album, yeah. <laughs> or the blue yeah, album. Blue <laughs> bringing zone. it back to the Beatles, yeah. the white album thing. Yeah. Um, what about you, Chad? What you been? What's been your soundtrack of the week? So it was really funny. I had one thing in mind that I was going to talk about, but I think I'm going to say something different because <laughs> I honestly haven't been listening to that much stuff other than what we're going to talk about in the regular <laughs> episode. Because I just again fell down this huge rabbit hole and just. Uh, listen to the same things over and over, trying to decide what I was going to do. But one thing that I I, I watched on Thursday. I was at my buddy Jacob's house, and we ended up watching a DVD of Hans Zimmer's concerts. Oh, yeah. If you all haven't seen this, like he has a crazy lineup of guitar players for this thing. Yeah, he like, does. Okay, so first off, Johnny Marr of the Smiths mm-hmm. slash played with Modest Mouse and several other people. A really interesting guy. Not really what I think of when I think of Hans Zimmer. Secondly, uh, 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 Mike Isinger of Incubus. What the Ooh. heck? Where, like that dude's an amazing guitar player and yeah. and like you know there was a time period where he was like okay i'm gonna go and like actually learn music theory from mm-hmm. berkeley and all this stuff and like he's an amazing guitar player also do not really understand him in that context no yeah and then the third like major guitar player from that guthrie govan <laughs> holy cow that's <laughs> like, a heck of a line it is a Hans really Zimmer. eclectic very strange sure. lineup of guitar players are they typically pretty happy like would you say they're a joyous eclectic i you know they might have been pretty okay so i will say bye this. guys that's the show <laughs> thanks for listening that's it we've hit the point um, no i mean like you know johnny marr always has his look about him mike eisinger kind of stared at his, at his guitar the whole time which is fine that's like his deal guthrie govan was probably the happiest looking yeah. one of all of them mm-hmm. because he's Incredible, and he could play anything that Hans Zimmer yeah. asked him to without thinking about it. He's crazy. Um, the other thing that so, I, I, in total, like the DVD, watching the DVD was amazing. There's one cello player that drives me nuts the, the whole girl. time. I hate her. I do not like her. Yeah, she is because the most she's so interpre- dramatic. She's so dramatic. It makes me so unhappy. Like how aggressive yeah. she is with that cello. It makes so me there's so a, uncomfortable. There's a YouTube video that I, I constantly go back and watch. It's it's Hans Zimmer. He played Coachella back in 2016 or 17 sure. a year ago. Uh, like with this gigantic orchestra, mm-hmm. and they basically just did all his big. You know the the Batman and and all the superhero ones that he does and like yeah. Inception and all that stuff. But yeah, uh, she came out on stage and like she's kind of I guess like his his go to like musician like yeah. she's the marketable one in the orchestra. That's an know, interesting way of but, putting it. And she could she could play cello. Yeah, no, she's no a question, great player. Absolutely. Yeah, there, one of the videos that's uh, that I've seen is just like a fan video. They're doing the Pirates of the Caribbean yep. theme, and yep. she comes out and she kind of takes the lead on it. And yep. you know she's the but she like every single note that she plays she's like jerking her arm as like yeah. fast as it can go and it's like just calm down I, I really second. just needed her to calm down because yeah. like she again she is an incredible musician she is doing such a great job 
But gosh, she's like thrusting at her cello and like she looks really angry the whole time. And it makes me so uncomfortable in a profound way that I was like, I, I'm having a really hard time enjoying the score that is really incredible because of what you're doing around it. Like, yeah. I, I hated it. I really yeah. did. Um, but the rest of it was really incredible. Like, Hans Zimmer is obviously an incredible composer and his score, like, the, the section for Interstellar just... That movie is also fantastic. I really enjoy just the spaciousness of it all. Mm-hmm. But his score for that was was incredible, mm-hmm. and it's so moving. Uh, of course, and just I remember hearing, sitting oh, in the yeah. theater like that. the The first time I saw that movie in the theater, yeah, when that like the first time that you get that big church organ, that big mm-hmm. pipe organ, like I was literally on the edge of my seat, yeah. just like wanting to know what's going to happen next. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a movie hasn't done that for me in a long time, and it's, it's all so thanks to that man. score. And amazing because it's one note and yeah. like he does these things with just one note like think of the dark knight theme which is just like oh, yeah. this this like scratching guitar that builds mm. up or like well he did um uh inception right yeah that's that's such a meme now but yes, like right. you know just to say like to make something that's that recognizable it's just a note it's yeah. one note yeah i don't know There's yeah no, he, totally. he is obviously a brilliant composer and a really interesting guy because like and that's he's probably the only composer that I've seen tour like he does. Yeah, yeah, um, so interesting to think about because and he's not just like passively there. He's not conducting. He's playing like yeah. he'll play guitar for it or he'll play hmm. keyboard for it or I mean like he's he's participating in the live representation of this score that he's created and it and I mean it really was very moving and I really enjoyed everything that we watched except for there's there's one part in um I think it was in either the Dark Knight or the Pirates of the Caribbean they shoot to this guy playing a nine string but he's only playing on the third highest string the whole time and it really bothers why me. Why have a nine string? Why yeah. have a nine string? <laughs> oh my goodness. It really bothers me. Like I spent the rest of like three minutes like, why does he have a nine string? I just need to know. <laughs> I don't know. Parker, anyway. what have you been listening yeah, to? Yeah, <laughs> hey. Okay, I, I'm finally going to do it. Um, uh, it. It's an album that came out all of like three weeks ago or so and i'm gonna talk about it under its new album (laughs) i was like is he gonna do Uh, it (laughs) yeah i it's it's a bit it's a mixed bag so um yeah it's under its new album is called erase me For those of you who don't know, Under Oath is a band that uh, they've been around technically since 1999, 1998-ish, and they're, they've been really good. They were one of my yep. favorite bands for a really long time. Um, at this point, I, I just don't know who my favorite band is, so I, I just don't have something in that slot, but that's totally fine. But they were broken up for a while, and mm-hmm. uh, or their drummer, Aaron, Aaron Gillespie, had left before their last album prior to this one. They did that album, and then um, now, what, they broke what, up. What was the last album? Disambiguation. Okay. Yeah, I mean, because they the had the last an, one that I like listened to was The Sound of Separation. Yeah, is that the last one, the sound one he played? That's the last one he played on. And there's okay. a song in there. This is a fan theory. I don't even know. I haven't heard other people say this. But there's a song on there, Desperate Times, Desperate Measures. Yeah. Awesome. That the lyrics, I'm fairly confident, are all just talking about the fact that Aaron's going to leave. <laughs> like, it's, um, yeah, That's awesome. I can go into that a different time. Oh, maybe one day when we talk about lyrics, I'll go yep. deep into that because it's it's really interesting to me. Like, almost all the lyrics sound like it's talking about, like, hey, I'm going to be leaving pretty much. Yeah. Um, it's a cool song, though. Yeah, I love oh, the guitar parts. It's great. <laughs> yeah. So, and speaking anyway. of all that, 
Um, Disambiguation is, so Aaron left and he was also the singer and the drummer. So they had uh, Daniel Davidson come in and then uh, Spencer Chamberlain just took over the singing parts. Who's normally just the screamer um, historically. And then they broke up and they were broken up for a while. And then recently they went and toured again and they decided to put out a new album, which is this one. And it's, uh, it's, it's hard. Um, (laughs) I, I've listened to it probably like 10 times now and I, most of it I like at this point, but I, but it's not under oath is what it feels Mm, like. And so a lot of it, like just to kind of give some, some general vibes, most of the time, historically, again, they, um, like the drum, all of the instruments were really important. Um, and what's going on and especially like Tim McTague doing his guitar Mm -hmm. parts. He does little, like a lot of crazy kind of high stuff and fun riffs. And and, yeah, he'll just do like, he actually has riffs that he'll play. It's It's not just like rhythm guitar. Right. Exactly. And yeah, when he's doing counter melody part and it's, it's so good. This album is, it, it sounds like to me, it's drums, it's synth and it's, uh, vocals. Yeah. And that's most of what it is. The really? guitar parts, yeah. Um, I mean, and when I say synth, it's not. That's not exclusively true. Like, there's. I mean, the guitar is a, a big part of it, but just as far as um, like Chris, their keyboard mm-hmm. player is obviously there's more production kinds of stuff. And what I hate to relate it to is it reminds me a lot of like Bring Me the Horizons newest <laughs> singles or whatever, which I yeah. never really listened to them before anyway. But uh, one of their newer songs, Throne. I mean, now it's like four years old, but. It, it felt like that. It felt like radio rock or radio yeah, metal. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's parts that for sure disagree with, or that don't kind of go that way. But a lot of it does feel that way. And so again, like I'm, I'm coming around to it to where I like it, but not for the things that it used to be. Yeah. So the songs that I'd recommend, there's a couple on there. Uh, I have a list of them. I kind of forgot off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> Bloodlust. Um, I hate it. Those two songs are really good. Um, but all of the songs are re- pretty formulaic which yeah, isn't sure. bad normally no, but it's just but, not like them yeah. you know mm-hmm. so they started like putting out singles for this album before mm-hmm. it came out and when on my teeth came out mm-hmm. i was i really like that song yeah. actually i think that's a really cool song it is yep. very simplistic guitar wise but it has such a driving rhythmic element yeah. that i was like this is actually pretty cool i can get behind this and then Rapture came out, yeah. and I do not care about that song. Mm-hmm. It is extremely boring. And it, it, like it, nothing happens in that song, and it's just it is exactly what you're talking about, as formulaic as any pop song you've ever hmm. heard. It's just really boring. There's no guitar parts. There's not really there's like, the one, drum part the is super is okay. normal. Yeah, and the, besides sure. that, but that's not a song. That's just a bridge. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And and like I, I'm really surprised that they picked that song for a single because again, like I just don't care about it. I I listened to it once and was like, I don't really want to listen to that ever again. Yeah, like, it's fine, but it's not bad i guess but it, it's not worth like there's so many other things that i could listen to i'm not gonna pick listening yeah, to that song exactly and that's so. like because they've been my favorite band like i made myself listen to it a lot of times which most of the time will make you like something right and yeah. so <laughs> um, or at least make you find the things that you like besides those but yeah that song and whatever song uh that's the second track on the album and the yeah. fourth track on the album i don't remember what its name is off the top of my head but those two just sound like spencer chamberlain's band Sleepwave, um, <laughs> which was the band that he was in in the meantime, and which was just like straight up just rock, um, oh, but kind yeah. of kind of butt rock sort yeah. of, but like synthy butt rock a little bit, and it's just, just disappointing. Um, yeah, but sure. I get that. That said, if you 
here an extra little story. Um, Ashley never, my wife never listened to Under Oath beforehand because she doesn't listen to metal very much. Yeah. I showed it to her, and she reminded me of a different story uh, <laughs> of the literal opposite thing that happened with me and her, where. Um, she loves Mute Math and was listening to them yeah. forever. And <laughs> yeah. I hadn't listened to them very much besides I just knew Typical. And then I went through one day, I was like, you know what? I'm going to listen to when we were dating. I was like, I'm going to listen to Mute Math and impress her. And I listened through uh, like a bunch of their discography. This was, it was up to Odd Soul had come out. Yeah. Vitals hadn't come out yet. And I listened to yeah, Mute Math and the, the Reset EP and Armistice, Armistice at this point. And I uh, was like, and then I told her one day I was yeah, I was humming one of the songs. She's like, "Is that mute math?" I was like, "It sure is." Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and she's like, "What song is that?" I was like, "It's the it's off Armistice," which I'm pretty sure that's my favorite album of theirs. Interesting. And to which she said, "You're kidding, right?" And I was like, <laughs> "What? No, what? Huh?" Hmm? She's like, "I've I've told you that that's the album that I hate the most of theirs." Like she oh, wow. like oh, does yeah. not like it because she felt like kind of and it, which since she's sort of retracted like. At the time, it felt like a sellout kind of album, uh, and so she really didn't like it. And then again, she was like, "Actually, there's a bunch of songs I like on there." But um, it did have a song on the Twilight yes. soundtrack. So uh, yeah, exactly. And that's <laughs> kind of a that dark point that I like to forget about. Me yeah, that's. Um, let's not even talk about the fact that Death Cab for Cutie also had a song on the Twilight also soundtrack. Also, <laughs> trying to ignore the fact that Twilight soundtracks existed at any point, yeah. just in general. Also, because I'm pretty sure the fact that some too. of them are kind of good. <laughs> yeah, I will say that. They did They did pick some pretty good music for some of the soundtracks, but, yeah, yeah. oh man. Yeah, I, so yeah. I like Armistice yeah. a little bit more in retrospect. Yeah. I pretty much dropped off with Mute Math after about Old Odd Soul. Mm-hmm. Um, not... So the the self titled Mute Math album yeah. is again one of the most influential like yeah. albums of my life. Um, I love that stuff. And Armistice didn't quite hit that mark as well as mm-hmm. I would have wished. Um, Odd Soul and, and and again Mute Math is a band that is so heavily dependent on who's in the band. Yeah. And when they change lineups, their sound changes yeah. immensely. And so. When they're sa- and, and like I understand why their sound changes, and I agree with that. Like they can go and do whatever they want. They can do you know whatever makes them feel like musically validated. That's totally fine. It's just not my preference. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and so I mean, no, I totally agree. Um, but yeah, just to wrap up that point. Sorry, yeah, I'm anyway. Been <laughs> but the the point of that was just like, yeah, she. I liked this album that she didn't like because I'd never listened to them and whatever. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then similarly, she listens to this new Under album and she's like. I kind of like it. Like, I don't yeah. really like all their old stuff, but it's pretty good. Now, which makes sense because it is more like radio rock. And, like, well, it's maybe that's what they're more, going for. Honestly, yeah, it really may have been. I think it was. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, that's what I was listening to. I can't give it a ten out of ten recommendation, but I can give it like a like a six out of ten recommendation. Like, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's, it's not for everybody. Some songs that it's are got pretty some cool. stuff that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's what we've been listening to this week. Sorry, we went on forever with that, yeah. but <laughs> we're really excited to get into this next topic. So, um, yeah, oh, let's get into our cool bits. All right, let's do our cool bits section. We are doing video game soundtracks this week, and this includes just anything to do with video games. I have been so excited for the last like four days. I I'm kind of like playing my hand here, but it's guys. I play a lot of video games. Um, this is a topic that is very close to my heart, and I enjoy video games so much. It's it's really honestly. 
like other than podcasts, it is the only other media that I intake regularly. I don't watch TV really. I don't watch movies very often. I just play games. <laughs> and so and I and I've been playing video games since I was like four years old and so it's been like a lifelong kind of thing and having played piano from such a young age like i've always been aware of the music that's happening so i was i just got really excited when we started to to think about doing this subject specifically and there were so many options and and to be totally honest don't be surprised if i get a little emotional during one point (laughs) because as i've gotten older i get really weirdly emotional and even just like researching some of my topics i got a little weepy this afternoon, so just uh, you'll have to forgive me if I get a little a little weird at one point. I mean, when you talk about the NBA 2K13 soundtrack, <laughs> yeah, you right, you right, you um, nailed it's got it some in heavy one. Yeah, I just man, it, really it just gets me where I'm going. Um, but so I'm going to start us off, and I'm going to talk about everyone's favorite platformer from the '90s. It is Banjo Kazooie. <laughs> not an untrue statement for a lot of people except for the everyone part but i mean it's a great hey, platformer actually it is the 10th best-selling video game on the n64 wow yeah nice. a little bit of trivia for everybody is that the top third party no Goldeneye would be the top third party probably yeah. well okay so interestingly there's an interesting distinction you could draw because right. this game was also published by rare it was an exclusive so it wasn't exclusive for the N64. Rare has always worked very closely with Nintendo, and honestly, a lot of the games that we think of as being like classic Nintendo games mm-hmm. were developed by Rareware. Yeah. So this was published in 1998 by Rare, who also did almost all of the Donkey Kong games, the Killer Instinct games that were fighting games in arcades all over the place, GoldenEye 007, uh-huh. and more recently, Sea of Thieves, actually. Mm-hmm. They are still doing stuff, albeit mm-hmm. a lot slower than they used to. I think part of why they haven't been, what I've heard... They haven't been doing much stuff since before Sea of Thieves was because they were doing stuff, but it was all them trying to save the Xbox Connect. Yeah, yeah. And they, like they, they, like, they oh. got bought into it very hard. Oh, were they, yeah. they kind of the ones behind the Xbox so, Connect? Well, so yeah, Xbox just assigned them. To, they them. bought Rare from Nintendo back mm-hmm. in the day, or, or it was years ago. Yeah, yeah I mean did, it was yeah. back in the day, and they had to make a new Banjo Kazooie game, Nuts, Nuts and, and Bolts, Bolts, a little while mm-hmm. ago. But then more recently, yeah, with the Connect, they were like, "Hey, Rare's great." they can save this thing that nobody wants and they couldn't because nobody wanted it because <laughs> nobody could like they, there's not a, a like group mm. out there that could have anyway that's nope. a whole other discussion sure for is. a different podcast <laughs> um, a but, podcast i would love to be on oh as well. for sure I, I can, <laughs> I can talk if, about. If this if this single episode is any representation of that we could all be on a separate video game <laughs> podcast um but this this uh, game had a score written by grant kirkhope mm-hmm. who also did the the score for donkey kong 64 goldeneye as well uh, more recently he did the scores for kingdoms of mlr reckoning which was kind of a fun like fantasy game that came out a couple and years mario ago. plus rabbit's kingdom battle he which did, i finished yeah. recently and it's so fun he also did a <laughs> ukulele uh-huh. and a hat in time that's another mm-hmm. platformer that came out more for like pc I and i think ps4 I can't uh, yeah remember. i think it was i think it was pretty much everything yeah um but yeah he did all of those he obviously is kind of prolific in that area he has done a ton of games yeah. i did not really realize how many classic games he had been, he had had a hand in uh and just yeah i mean really rare is one of those companies that if you've ever played a video game in your life it's pretty statistically likely that you've played a rare game right i mean it's it's kind of crazy um but the the themes that i mostly wanted to talk about from banjo kazooie um were the gruntilda's layer themes so it's kind of the main overworld that you sit in most of the the first banjo kazooie game but what's so great i'm just gonna stop 
and I'm going to let you play the first one because it's going to influence the rest of what I talk about. (laughs) All right, here we go. So yeah, that's kind of like Noise. the main theme that you hear when you're in Gruntilda's later layer, just sort of in general areas. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very nice. It sounds like you're kind of in a cave. Like uh-huh. it, I mean, it's very catchy. It's a very catchy tune, uh, but there's not a whole lot to it. Um, but what makes me love it so much is the fact that in every different area that you go to before you go into the level, this theme changes with the area that you're in, mm-hmm. and it and it they've made the game and the sound design so that when you walk into the area, it doesn't just like snap and become a new theme. It fades into the new theme. Mm, and cool. so it's, it's the same musical notes, but it's with new instrumentation and it's in oh. a new flavor that makes it feel like the area you're in. Yeah. So it's not any That's different. Really cool. con- it's not. Yeah. Like the, the actual mechanics of it are the same, mm-hmm. but it just feels so different depending on the, what area you're in. So the next one that I want to play is from Gobi's Valley, which is like an Egyptian pyramids kind of area mm-hmm. that you go into. And so it's still the same notes, but it feels really different. Hmm. So yeah, I mean that feels kind of deserty and sort yeah. of Egyptian. Yeah, and yeah, I really uh, like the the wind in the background and like yeah, just the, the, the random noise going yeah, on. The, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these uh, the versions of these that I found, I think, were somebody literally just sitting there with the game playing and uh-huh. like kind of taking that in, <laughs> uh, which is fine. I'm I'm fine with that. I think it's uh, just to kind of like get this out there. I mean, I always thought it was really cool that games games have this like magic power that no other musical medium has to take completely digital instrumentation mm-hmm. and still give it a thematic feel oh 100 I, I, I don't know like that that was very egyptian to me mm-hmm. even though probably no instrument there is a an egyptian instrument <laughs> yeah, we yeah, would yeah, associate sure. that yeah. with like yeah Egypt, but like putting it all together. I don't know. With all the musical limitations of, I mean, like going back to, you know, stuff on the NES or whatever Mm -hmm. and all the musical limitations of video game consoles in 1980. I mean, this is on the N64, so it's got more abilities to do things, but yeah, still. But it's still still fairly limited. It is still like a MIDI card that is is making its own sounds and you have to play kind of in that realm. You Mm -hmm. can't just... Pick, you can't record sounds like there's not enough space on the yeah. on the chips that they're using to be able to do that. You have to use the sound card that's embedded in the system. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of to further that point, my next example is an ice area that you go into called Freeze Easy Peak. And it's, again, the same theme, but just it feels really wintry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
the choice i mean not only of instrumentation but also of octave of the yeah. melody mm-hmm. like because the the first one the main one that feels really bombastic which yeah. grant mm-hmm. kirkhope does a lot of that kind of bombastic mm-hmm. stuff too is you know like yeah. a big bassy yeah. thing and so it feels a lot more lighthearted. and i mean obviously the the patches that they're using sound that sounds more like icicles or yeah. whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. very tinkly <laughs> but yeah just then changing the octaves too and not having to feel restricted to mm-hmm. yeah. you know keeping it in the same just you know switch out a patch on the exact same midi file and be like there you go yeah you know it's arranged differently too yeah which is fun so uh, again this this theme plays incessantly when you're in grunty's lair Mm -hmm. uh i mean this is like a facet of older video games that doesn't really happen so much anymore where um if you're playing the game there's music happening in the background right modern video games can create atmosphere and they do that really well but they'll use silence a lot to yes. kind of create that atmosphere that's something that didn't really happen with older video games and that's one of the reasons why this soundtrack is so ingrained in my memory is because <laughs> as a kid i, I played this game for going. hundreds of hours yeah. and yeah it just it never stops you don't yeah. get a break from grunty's theme like it plays mm-hmm. incessantly in the layer while you're there and like this this came to mind so quickly for me when we started talking about this because a few months ago i found a video on youtube of a guy playing this this theme and all the variations on real instruments that's fun and it made me want to play banjo kazooie so bad <laughs> like i literally about three or four days later went to gamestop and bought rare replay just so i could play banjo kazooie again like it oh man it it encaptures so much of what I love about that game just in a soundtrack. And it just, again, I, I think if you can hear the same soundtrack literally 20 years later and be like, I really want to play that game mm-hmm. now just because of hearing the soundtrack, then you've done a good job as a composer. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. Yeah. All right. I think, uh, so I'm going next. Uh, one thing that it may have organically come up later, but just a thought that I have in general about soundtracks and video games that's interesting for me is uh at some point when i was like nine a friend of mine blessed and cursed me with the information that if you turn down the sound on your game boy it'll save your battery so it'll last oh, longer yeah. oh, <laughs> so as you know as a cons- conservationist of sorts or whatever uh you know when i was nine and all that yeah. uh there's been a lot of games that i have not really gotten to enjoy the soundtracks so for example like i i'm actually i'm not talking about the pokemon soundtrack next or at all specifically but like pokemon red and blue i know that soundtrack back to oh front. yeah 100 however <laughs> And that was, I started playing that at seven and then, um, crystal and, you know, gold and silver and all that came out when I was like nine after that point. And so I don't really know for all, for as much as I've played those games, I don't know the soundtracks very well. Mm -hmm. And which really, you know, is a shame because, um, there's really some interesting things that go on there, but so that's just kind of a, (laughs) a prelude to a lot of things where there's a lot of games that I, especially when I know that the soundtracks are important in these games, like I'll make a very conscious effort to 
make you know be listening to the music as I go. This game actually that I'm going to be talking about, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, is one that I knew the soundtrack was good going into it, and uh, so I made sure to you know have it turned on a lot of yeah. time. <laughs> and so it's a yeah, it came out last year in December of 2017, and is a JRPG, mm-hmm. um, and. <laughs> the main story, like I didn't even do all that many side quests and it lasts like 80 hours. It's just this crazy long game, but it's it's super, super fun. Um, For me at least. Yeah. I I know some folks that, or I know one guy that bought it and uh, regretted it immediately because, and I was like, I could have told you you wouldn't like JRPGs. I'm sorry. But uh, all that to say, yeah, the music is phenomenal. It's got this huge world and everywhere you go has got different stuff going on. But um, there are a couple places in specific where I, I literally just, just had the game playing on the TV and just would sit there and listen to it over and over. And like, I'd turn it on and just show it to Ashley and have her be listening to it. Like this is pretty, huh? (laughs) And so, so first I'm going to play something from it that I thought was really pretty. And then later I'll play something that's less pretty and more just awesome. Um, So this is in the game uh, and they're, I'm not going to say anything about that. Um, in the game, in any case, you come to this place. It's Indol is the name of it. And it's this very like uh, sanctum-y kind of place where it's um, it's not priests or anything, but it's that kind of a place where it's a looks almost monastery-ish hmm. um, or whatever. But the music that plays is so beautiful. And I, I didn't pick any examples of this specifically because it would take up too much time. But the day and the night themes everywhere you go yeah. are different from each other. So yeah. if it's daytime, it's upbeat and faster. If it's nighttime, it's downbeat and slower or something like that. Sometimes yeah. it's more obvious than others. Um, and they're whatever there's one that really bugs me because the slow the fast one has some passing tones that are uh not in the key which is fine when you're going fast but when you're going slow oh, yeah. it like nope those don't go together um, suspension yeah, yeah and so that that bugs me but besides that um so this is in indol and it uh it's like i'll, I'll play it first and then talk about it So yeah, that, um, and then, so in that piece later on too, so it starts out just women singing and then guys come in and like this, there's kind of four parts of it. So in the third part of it, um, the guys come in and sing it. Whereas in the nighttime one, the guys are singing the main melody and then the girls come in. And so it's, it's in a different, yeah. yeah, So they're singing up an octave and then the guys are singing down an octave and the girls come in and they're doing the the same parts, but flipped. And it's just, just. it's beautiful, but also like there's some parts that are really eerie, and I didn't yeah. pick those because uh, whatever. Time I just constraints. It's, yeah, yeah, I hate it. I yeah. really want to play the whole thing. Because, it's the only bad thing about actual like orchestral instrument music yep. is that it's really long. <laughs> the thing too with with video game music is it has to be able to cycle, yeah. and so this cycles really well, where it ends just perfectly to go right back into it. To where when you're playing it, you don't really know where the beginning and the end are because yep. it just it, it's great. Uh, I'm gonna play one other one that's a similar kind of idea. It's in a different spot in the game. Um, but it's also, um, acapella vocal kind of stuff and pretty.
so yeah, it's really pretty and stuff. Um, and also, I forgot there's technically an instrument in there. It's not completely acapella, <laughs> blah, 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 whatever. Um, but it's just, it's so good. There's this great use of open chords that feel like eerie and stuff. It's like very, like lots of fourths, mm-hmm. whereas most, you know, uh, Western harmony a lot of times is in fifths and thirds and stuff like that. So there's these fourths that just feel like really open and and stuff. And um, also that one part where it builds up and it's got kind of like a pentatonic cluster chord yeah. sort of thing going on. So it's, you know, playing every note in... Yeah, literally. Yeah, every and, note but it's... Pentatonic scale. <laughs> I mean, it just does it so well. And so, yeah, those are... There's that side of the game yeah. and where it's got those kinds of songs. And then I'll play the... This is just like the battle theme, so... Uh, you know, anytime yeah. you engage JRPG in a battle. battles are always yeah, exactly. pretty always intense. Always intense. And <laughs> so just to, you know, give the flip side of kind of the, the feel there, uh, here's when you go into battle, it's like this. Yeah, man, they, it, it's fun too. So the couple things I wanted to point out, I could have picked a different part of this piece specifically. It's actually like the whole thing six minutes long. Yeah. So it takes oh, a while wow. to loop because the battles wow. actually yeah. are fairly long yeah. um, and involved. So yeah, it kind of, you know, uh, it changes a lot as you go through. But I picked that part specifically because it does dip down in the middle and kind of, you know, and so it opens up to where then when it builds back up, as while you're there playing it, so you feel dynamics. like, oh, okay, here it comes. Like, yeah. I'm going to win now or you die, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which inevitably is going to happen. But it does like a great job of building those dynamics and kind of bringing it up and down so that totally. you feel engaged the whole time. And it doesn't just feel like here's this, you know, kind of oppressive Constantly thing going on in your face. Like, yeah, exactly. I feel like every Japanese guitar player is just waiting for some mm. game to hire them for a battle music. Cause he's like, finally, this is what I've been practicing for <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. So yeah, those, uh, that's Xenoblade Chronicles too. It's, it's a phenomenal game, but the soundtrack is also just really, really good. Um, so yeah, there's, there's my talking about that. There's way more stuff I'd show if I was just talking to one person only about that, but we've got a lot of other things to hit. So Matt, what's, what's your, your got? I always feel like the Japanese guitarist is just one guy. Yeah, it literally <laughs> like, one guy. All of like, those game soundtracks are just one band. <laughs> it's, that, it is great, though, off. for those, for several Nintendo games. Uh, and for the record, it's only out on Nintendo Switch, which everybody should buy and play because that's great. Um, <laughs> and, but yeah, what's great is a lot of the first party ones, I think they record in the same studios and they'll do like behind the scenes videos for. Oh, yeah. a, a number of the songs or the kind of highlight songs in any yeah. case where they'll show, you know, it, almost a music video for it of right, them playing. Right. So like that, and like Splatoon 2 has some and uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe has some. And mm-hmm. so it's just fun to watch those and actually see people playing behind the scenes. And man, they're great at their instruments. Sure. Yeah, yeah. For 100%. Yeah. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Nintendo Switch. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not. It's Every not episode, yeah. I wish, we're brought by Nintendo Switch. So Matt, tell us about something not Nintendo related. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that'll be easy for me. Um, <laughs> Rude. I hate Nintendo. No, I love Nintendo. This is my house. You're kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> I love Just Nintendo. Uh, yeah, my experience is a little different than you guys' experience when it comes to video games. When I was a kid, as sad as it may sound, I was not allowed to play video games for the most part. Uh, I could play them when one of my parents was around, uh, but we didn't really have a console. Um, 
And that's just kind of the way it was. My my parents, the, my stupid parents encouraged me to get on my bike and go outside. <laughs> oh, but well, I didn't do that either. In fact, when I did, I would go get on my bike and go to my friend's house and play yeah. his '64 yeah. or yeah. whatever it might be. Play its sight bike, which is just ironic. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know. But uh, my my first like real exposure to video games was uh, when my dad got a PlayStation Two. And that was that was the first console that we had in house. And I'm just curious, did he get it because it was cheaper than a DVD player? So, uh, which is a fair point. That's yeah. partially why. I mean, we had a DVD player too. I think okay. we had, oh, we had wow. one of the VHS DVD combos. Yeah, you know, we had money. <laughs> I mean, no, honestly, DVD players and PS2s were both like three hundred dollars. Right, right. Which is Blu-ray crazy. players and PS3s were too. To think about that's like, so the DVD like, player was once three hundred dollars. Yeah, I feel you, like that's just the story of PlayStation consoles because sure, every yeah. time a new media format comes out, which until PS4, I mean, yeah. bless them. Yeah, like they they're like, yeah, let's latch onto this new format mm-hmm. and. Their consoles way cheaper than just getting a player for that. I mean, Blu-ray did the exact same yep. thing. Yeah, of course. I, it's just crazy to me. Yep. Well, anyway. my yeah, my dad got the PlayStation Two basically so he could play some sports games. He liked Madden and, and football and, and the baseball games and stuff like that. Uh, I played a couple of games on him. Like I, I had, a, I got a couple of things for Christmas, but um, I never really like sought out video games because like on the rare times that I had fifty dollars at the time that a video game cost to spend. That's usually just not what I would buy. I would buy CDs or like I would, you know, buy myself food <laughs> or like, you know, like take a friend out to the movies or something like that. I don't know. Or just waste it some other way. Mm-hmm. It wasn't video games. I guess maybe it's just because of the way I was raised. It's just never it like it's not that I didn't want to play them. I just never did. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and it wasn't until I was probably like 15 or 16 years old that I really started to get into them and really like figure out that there is an entire world, like there's an entire media world out there full of games. Like I, I kind of thought that games still worked in the same way that they did when Donkey Kong came yeah. out for the 64. <laughs> like that's that's what a game is. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, yeah, this stuff. Like I thought everything worked like Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like the PlayStation had a certain amount of characters that like licenses that they used, and the yeah. Xbox had theirs. I did not realize that it was so expensive. Um, well, when I first started uh, really getting into games, I would play you know pretty much just the the big ones like you know your Halos and those kinds of games. I still play the sports games pretty much because my father played them and like some friends played them and they were competitive and. I you know I liked competitive video games. I didn't like single player games. I didn't like I shooters. Feel exactly the opposite. And I, I have no idea why so I felt funny. that way because nowadays I don't do I don't want to play yeah. a multiplayer game. Like yeah. I would much rather just like go on a single player adventure by myself Ugh. and do that sort of thing. But um a couple years ago to get to my first uh musical example. <laughs> uh, so so I guess the the longest short of that is I, I don't have a whole lot of music that I know of in games that I could be like, you, you know, like, like I know the game Banjo-Kazooie, but I had no idea that that was the theme. And like, yeah. It, and I know how like a, a like video games, they used to work where it was one song. You get one song for the game and that song kind of like played on repeat or, you know, if you were lucky, you got a five track repeat, but well, it was and, always playing. And to be fair, yeah, that, 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 I would not say that that's the main Banjo-Kazooie song. Like, mm. that's that's the main theme of Gruntilda's Lair that you spend most of the game okay. in. yeah. But, like, the main theme is a little bit different than that, and I didn't even talk about that. I mean, it's a good theme and everything, but, like, <laughs> it's it's not as influential to me as, like, that theme was. Yeah. Grant anyway. Kirkhope is rolling over in his bed. <laughs> in his bed, Because yeah, he's in he Scotland is, and yeah, he's still alive and <laughs> well, probably yeah. asleep. But, yeah. anyway, yeah. Uh, but, anyway, so, uh, a couple years ago, I got exposed to Minecraft for the <sighs> first time and 
that was way late on that train. Uh, that was a game that I never, ever thought that I would play because I saw all the toys and the T-shirts, <laughs> the kids' T-shirts at like Walmart, and I just thought it was a kids' game. And that's, it is, I mean, I'm not going to say it's not. It was probably made pretty much for kids, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I... It's an accessible game. Maybe it's it's just made a very sure. accessible, yeah. yeah. Um, but I had no idea what the point of the game was, and... It's very I, non-offensive. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't know what it was about. I didn't care to know, but a mm-hmm. friend told me to download it. It was cheap one day on the PlayStation Store, so I downloaded it for like 20 bucks. Anyways, uh, so I started playing it, and I, I got hooked on this game. Like, <laughs> no joke. I just, for whatever reason, I could not put it down. And the funny thing is, there is no point to this game. <laughs> if you don't know about Minecraft, there's zero point to the game. You have a guy, you have a character, uh, you punch stuff and you mine stuff and you build weapons and you, you make food. You can go kill a cow and you can build yourself a house out of the things that you mined. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's a whole open world and there's like literally endless possibilities of things you can make and create kind of like a digital Lego scenario, I guess. Yeah, no, but, really. um, but there's no point. And as much as I should not have liked that, I <laughs> loved it. I was like, I mean, I, I stayed up until four in the morning playing this game because there's something so addictive about the fact that like I I could be mining for hours. Oh, I found a little bit of diamond. Yeah, and I take that diamond and I go like, you know, if it's a rewarding loop, you yep. could pretty much play anything. That's exactly yeah. what this game is. Yeah. Um, but even more than that, like, because because a lot of times I'm not even. I'm I'm not taken in by that rewarding loop. Like I I know that there's no point. I know this isn't leading anywhere. But what makes that game so attractive to me is the music. And boy, yeah. Minecraft has some of the most <laughs> beautiful like mm. digital music you'll yep. ever hear. Uh, and even more than the music, it's the sound bites. Like it's yeah. it's literally the the chopping away at the the ore or like you know like the when you find something in the mines like you know the bling like the little <laughs> blink sounds or like like when you're just like like hitting wood with your fist. It's like like that's just such a great little noise. And when you make a fire, it's just it's like yeah. this crackly little fire, mm-hmm. and it's n- none of it's like a realistic sound, really. But it's just. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't even know what's that supposed to be. There's like if you it's, get in proximity of monsters sometimes, okay. but they're like a wall away from you, so you can't see them. You'll just hear like. Yeah, yeah like, from like a zombie sound almost. Yeah. Like, but it's still non-threatening. It's yeah. just a little bit of like it kind of stresses you a little bit. It's, but, it's stre- but that's yeah. exactly what makes this game so beautiful. Is while it is for the most part harmless and innocent, there is this like this hue of danger that's always around. You know, at nighttime, you mm-hmm. know, when Endermen come out yeah. and like you know the zombies Creepers. are there, like the the bow and arrow skull mm-hmm. guys. I don't know what they're called. Skeletons. The skeletons come out. Like they can get you. Name. Like, I know, right? It's crazy. There's spiders that can get you, but like mm-hmm. you can attack them back. But uh-huh. like there is always this hue of danger. And I think what the music does really well. By the way, the the composer, his name is uh, Daniel Rosenfield, also known as C418. Yeah. And uh, he must have been, he's 28 years old now, I found out on Wikipedia. He must have been 18 when he composed this music for this game, which I just think is crazy. Because the music is exactly the same way as the game. It's, It's, for the most part, innocent and beautiful, but not without, like, a little bit of, like, tension there. Just to kind of, like, put you at the, like, the little most bit of unease. Um... And that's, I mean, that, the reason that I picked the the sample that I did in particular is because I just remember laying up super late, you know, with the sound <laughs> almost all the way off. But then in the background, you hear that music, uh, like, just kind of, 
it, and the music just kind of swells in and out like as the game it's there's no really like method to it it's not constantly going mm-hmm. but you know it's so sometimes it's dead quiet and then sometimes the music just builds up and it's it's just so beautiful the way it hmm. does it but yeah we'll play the sample For me, mm-hmm. I, I can't really explain what it is, but I get this nostalgic feeling, like like this very warm, like it, it's very eighties esque in a way. So yeah. it's 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 almost like throwback. But I wasn't alive in the eighties, so I shouldn't <laughs> have this connection with it that I do. But I just get this strange homeness when I listen to it. I okay, so I've barely played the game. Like mm-hmm. I've never played it by myself. I've only ever played it at friends' houses. Um, and I I I feel the same way. <laughs> like it has nothing. You know, it's because I guess a lot of things you could feel nostalgic. Like Pokemon music, I would feel nostalgic because it's Pokemon and right. because I have legit nostalgia for it. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, like, if you close your eyes, if you listen to this, a like the pads themselves or the patches are so warm and um, I don't know. It's a weird mix of things. But it feels like if you close your eyes, you feel enveloped by it. So especially yes. being in the world of Minecraft, like I can imagine, especially if you'd play this in like VR, which is oh, a thing, yeah, yeah. I like I would feel like just completely lost, like in the Oasis or whatever from right. Ready Player One. But yeah. like, um, it's I mean, some of it, obviously there's music theory that goes behind it too. the like. I don't know. I'm not going to get into it too much because I'm probably going to say things really wrong, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but a lot of what's going on is that, and then, but especially when it goes down to the fourth, that one part, the boom, boom, yeah, boom. yeah. like that. Just, I mean, I've said before on this podcast that four chords just resonate with me. Yeah. But um, it was nice major sevens. <laughs> yeah, like a lot of that stuff just feels like home. Yeah, and just feels comforting, you know. Yeah. But has yeah has interesting enough stuff to not just feel like ah, like bland C right. chords or whatever. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's it's got crazy cool stuff going on with not doing a whole lot this soundtrack has a a lot of nostalgia for me not because like i've actually been playing the game for quite a bit of time now and i actually bought the game when it was still in beta and Mm. like i really got into it pretty early on like i I mean i wasn't in like pre-alpha or anything like that but but i mean i was aware of the game when it was starting out and and really got into it um when I was still uh, like very new to Murfreesboro and like didn't have a ton of people that I knew here. And so I would just like stay up at night playing on my computer by myself. Cause that's like, like that's the only version of the game that was that was this game that you spent like money to this random person guy named Notch. Notch. Like yeah. who is this guy? I don't know, but I, I like sent Who's $15 so right now. to him a hundred percent. Like that yeah. dude made so much money selling this game to Microsoft. Like, mm-hmm. but I, you know, spent this random $15 and got this game for it that has a survival mode. That's super new. And like, Oh, there's actually mm-hmm. monsters at night. And like, there's no tutorial for the game. You just have to like get thrown into you just it. get thrown into yeah. it, and you have to figure out a way to survive that first night. And and I've I've played this game so much, and I have so many like positive memories sitting in my bed in that apartment, like just playing by myself and like uh, you know trying to figure out how redstone works and all this yeah. stuff and making weird little creations. But I've spent a lot of time of that 
with headphones on because this is a game that I cannot play without the sound. Yeah, it really enhances. I mean, yeah, yeah. just the sound. Like I said, the sound effects mm-hmm. in the game mm-hmm. and the the little things, like the little intricacies throughout. It, 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 it does it it's almost like an injustice to mm-hmm. not have headphones on yep. not only that but because you also might get snuck up on by a creeper <laughs> exactly. and that's just yeah, devastating exactly. to your yeah. build sometimes so. you don't hear them until it's too late yeah i mean yeah so like i said i haven't really played minecraft but i played um a, a game that has some similar things as far as the sound effects being really rewarding and a lot of that which is stardew valley which i think we actually have a tie-in yeah, in yeah. Second. yeah we do. Um, <laughs> but but a lot of that stuff same, you know same kind of idea and like when you're mining stuff or well especially like you knock down a tree and then there's a bunch of like wood on the floor yeah and then it goes or yeah, it does little yeah. like noises when you yep. pick them up and it just feels so like yeah i just yeah. did some stuff that's exactly i side note real quick Minecraft. about notch too that i think is just a funny thing uh there's a twitch streamer that i don't watch on twitch but he puts his videos up on youtube afterwards a grand Pooh bear who he does uh <laughs> um mario maker or mario videos or a bunch of stuff and he's fantastic at it um but notch just watches him on Twitch. So every once in a while, I'll be watching a, one of his videos and his top donations will be, you know, like uh, $20 from this one guy or $50 from this other guy or $1,000 from Notch. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, yeah. got so much money. It's just like, <sighs> let me just... I just give a thousand dollars to this guy that I like oh watching. Gosh. He yeah. just yeah, everyone's watching. I know, we, I know we like just started this podcast, but I think I picked the wrong thing. So if you guys don't mind, I think I'm just gonna like. Yeah. Head on out. We're you just, mean we're just going to talk about video games instead? I'm, I'm just going to go start Twitch streaming. Oh. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, but no, so that's actually a, a yeah. pretty good little segue. Um, so Alyssa, uh, my wife, sent in this. My wife, uh, my wife uh, <laughs> sent in this this listener submission for this week. Uh, that is Stardew Valley, and uh, we can go ahead and listen to it. And I'll say what she wrote. So Stardew Valley is like a Harvest Moon type game. It's mm-hmm. literally one dude who was like, I really like Harvest Moon games and they haven't made one in a really long time. So I want to make the best Harvest Moon game that's mm-hmm. ever been made. And it's not Harvest Moon, it's Stardew Valley. Yeah. But he did literally everything for it. Like he coded the game. He did all of the artwork. He did all of the music. And his name is Concerned Ape. Concerned Ape. And it's amazing. But Alyssa <laughs> said, this game soundtrack is so wonderful because it evolves with the seasons, locations, relationships, fictional holidays, and more. It's such a sweet and catchy background ambience that whenever I hear it, I'm transported to the little world of Stardew Valley. It'll have you do, 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 do. No, ing in no time. <laughs> and it's, I mean, so like it's some of the music's like that because it's this quaint little town, but then some of it also is more kind of like the Minecraft music that you played mm-hmm. where it's more like ambient-y sort of thing. Or not ambient, but just like kind of open-ended, mm-hmm. um, just kind of chords or whatever. Um, but it also, yeah, it fades in and out kind of like you said, it sounds like uh, yeah. Minecraft it's does. It's not constantly going. Like sure. you'll, you'll have periods of silence and then it'll come back or mm-hmm. something. And it changes, uh, like like she said, I mean, seasons have different music that goes along with them. Mm-hmm. And 
man, he did such a good job of just encapsulating what seasons sound like. The winter yeah. themes are just so, so good. I'm <laughs> only into fall of my first year, so I have not hit yeah. winter yet, and I'm so excited. Dude, the winter <laughs> themes are real great. There's one, like, four over three section that I really enjoy. I'm excited. <laughs> what, what does suck about that game, though, is sometimes, you know, like I said, I don't always have the volume on because sometimes I'm laying in bed and my wife's asleep, uh, so yeah. I'm not going to have the volume on. Headphones, And man. then, yeah, I know, seriously. <laughs> and I'll turn it up at a point where I'm like, oh, you know, I want to listen to this music. What am I doing? And, and then there'll be no a point music. where it's just... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm like man <laughs> terrible Dang timing it. yeah Ugh, way to go man so, that's really a good quick side note for uh-huh. any listeners at home maybe you're on the same page as me when you heard that sample just now were you thinking of bum 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 heck off dude just heck right off my music teacher would not let us play that in the music room at all I one day this is man this is so many tangents today I've so whatever it's fun um <laughs> i i was playing the piano and i like played the slowest tr- trying to be as beautiful as possible uh-huh. version of that <laughs> where it was like mixed in quietly in the background and doing like other things but it was kind of there still and i finished it and then i just looked over at miss swanson and she had no idea and i was like miss swanson i just I just played it. And she was like, what? <laughs> it was a fun little trick. That's awesome. Um, Matt has another listener let's submission. Let's do a listener submission yeah, real quick. Totally. Uh, so I got one. I got a couple of listener submissions, but uh, this one that I wanted to play, it was just too good to pass up on. So this is from our good friend, Logan Barnes. He has submitted a soundtrack from Sonic Adventure 1 yeah. and 2. Yeah. Let's play it. Let's play <laughs> well, it first. This one Four specifically five. is from 2. No joke. Like, I knew exactly what that was when I listened to it earlier. It, like, popped up a little bit, and I was like, oh my gosh, somebody's sending Sonic Adventure. It's, just, it's so, it's so the era. Yeah. Hundred yeah, percent, oh and it's God. so Sonic too. Like I haven't mm-hmm. played barely any Sonic to be honest, but my friend Shashank Rungan from high school. Um, wow, that's he, yeah, no, it's great. <laughs> I think he goes by Shashank K on Facebook now because it's easier. But <laughs> it's a great last name. Uh, but yeah, he loves Sonic, and so he'd play these songs. Like I, I think he has some recordings of him covering them and stuff. So he'd be really happy <laughs> oh that this gosh. is happening. So I'll, I'll, I'll make sure to let him know because yeah, it's just fun. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, but um, Logan, Logan has a little blurb about him. Uh, why he's submitted them? He says Sonic Adventure one and two have amazingly campy soundtracks they go from super try hard rock songs to island music to rap and hip-hop tracks which i would be very interested to hear the rap tracks from sonic adventure it's all like knuckles themed songs (laughs) like sure it's right but he says uh when i was was horde yeah (laughs) exactly (laughs) knuckles from the streets (laughs) anyway when i was a kid i carried around a lot of them on my crappy little mp3 player listening to some of them now makes me almost cringe some of them <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I still jam out to one or two of them when feeling nostalgic. Uh, nice. Live and Learn is the title song to Sonic Adventure 2. And just the fact that that song is called Live and Learn. Okay, mm. no joke. So I used to lose my mind over Sonic Adventure 1's main theme that was called Open Your Heart. Mm. Oh. And like it is sim- it is so similar to that like just this horrible butt rock but man I got so down on that in like middle school. <laughs> uh, That's great. 
That's it's just so classic. That's just like the classiest. <laughs> uh huh. Like, classicist. So, th- this rock. does represent kind of a funny era in Sonic games where they were like, well, Sonic probably likes like really hard rock. He's probably like yeah. super hip and all this stuff. More recently, they've kind of gone back to the electronic things. Like, uh-huh. there's a band called Hyper Potions that has done a couple of songs for their more yeah. recent games. Mm-hmm. They're way more like classic Sonic to sure. me, and, and a lot more just like poppy, hap, happy, fun kind of thing, mm-hmm. rather than like this is so metal. There's one game, or there's one song in Mario Odyssey though that's it. It sort of does a Sonic kind of thing. It's, I'm not going to give any of the context, but it's just it's towards the end, and you're feeling like just very triumphant, mm-hmm. yeah. and so it's playing a song that's this kind of a thing where it's like da, 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 and like really can't be like I'm gonna sing about how happy I am to be winning, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's it's great, like it's super cheesy, but it's lots of fun. Yeah. Uh, with that, we're gonna take a break, and we're gonna come back later and talk more about video game soundtracks and stuff. Hey guys, Matthias here, one of your humble hosts. Thank you so much again for listening to our podcast. We really, really appreciate it, and we love the response that we've gotten so far. Please remember to keep telling your friends about it if you like it, and subscribe to us on iTunes and all that good stuff. Uh, I don't want to talk about that right now. I wanted to take just a quick minute to talk about another podcast that I've been really, really into lately. It's called the Two Bros Driving Podcast. It's a couple of friends of mine who are very, very good guys. You may have heard me talk about one of them on this show before, uh, Logan Barnes. He and a fellow named John Sudbury run it, and it's the two of them uh, sitting in what they call the chatty wagon, which is John's car, and they literally just drive around to different spots in the Nashville metro area and beyond. If you are a resident of Nashville and you don't know where to go to or you're looking for some new places or maybe you just want to go back and and hear what other people have to say about one of your favorite places, this is a great podcast for you to listen to. I highly recommend it to anybody who likes our show. Um, Just some good, wholesome conversation. They Each week they they, basically just pile up in the car and as they're driving to these places, they talk about the things that they like. Uh, There's a lot of food talk. Uh, It's not a food podcast per se but if you are hungry i wouldn't listen to it right then and there i might wait until after you've eaten your meal or maybe you're just looking to get some inspiration of you know where to go to for dinner tonight um they go to a lot of great restaurants um i had the privilege of being their inaugural backseat bro uh, which is what they kind of call their special guest i got to sit in the back seat and basically just ride along with them and we went to a lot of great spots down in 12 south in nashville that was super super fun um but anyways check them out on facebook instagram twitter they're on all the big ones uh, at two bros driving and go give them a listen they're on itunes and all the platforms that you can find all your podcasts on they're really good um and tell them we sent you anyways back to the show we got a whole lot more video game talk ahead including some sweet sweet legend of zelda spoiler We're back, and uh, hey, um, we've got a game segment this week. We skipped it last week, and but we had it the week before, and the week before that. The scores right now are Matt's got two points, Chad's got point five points, I've got two points. But here's the thing, Matt. I mean, Chad's got a big leg up in this one because of his yeah, video really? game experience. Oh, you picked so, video game specific yeah, stuff. Yeah, this is oh, video man, games. I might have a big leg so up these though. are there's five of them. <laughs> there's five of them. They're each worth. 0.5 points, but one of them has a bonus 0.5. So it's six Ugh. points, or it's three points total. 
Okay. Yeah, three points total, but you know, four of them are mm-hmm. are half a point, and then one of them is a whole point. That is a whole point. Okay. If you if you get the bonus stuff on it, okay. and yeah, yeah, it's it's all as iconic video game stuff as I could get without being way too obvious. Yeah. Okay. But some of it, I mean, might just be way too obvious. Anyway, <laughs> is, it, is it just like a first to answer it? So first to answer it, yeah, yeah. and then um, I mean, it's point five points, so there's no subdivision there. So just you know, try to get it as close as possible. Okay. And uh, yeah, we'll go from there. So here's the first one. Classic game. I want to see. Okay, it. I'll I'll say this isn't the most iconic piece from uh, from this game, but it's the main theme of it. So it doesn't play in any of the game parts. I don't think like a um, menu screen. But kind it's of thing? on the menu screen. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's it's the overworld theme essentially okay. um, from this game. I'm gonna throw out a guess yep. since Matt threw out a guess in the, the middle. <laughs> I'm just gonna th- I'm just gonna say maybe Mega Man. Nope, nope. It's not Mega Man. Uh, but time, time-wise, that's that's just right on. I mean, which you could probably tell from music too. But well, yeah, <laughs> um, so I think it's safe to say that it is a game that features a primary character who is blue, since we both guessed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We are feeling very blue right uh, now. <laughs> I'll, oh man, I'll give a I'll give a leading hint. Um, it was published by or is made by a publisher that we talked about earlier a bunch. Mm. Okay, so probably rare. Rare. Uh, is it Battletoads? Nope. No. <laughs> is it? Is it a? Uh, hmm. If I played the other theme from this, you guys would get it. 100%. Is it Nintendo? Yep. It is Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Oh is it man. Donkey Kong. Uh, it's it's uh, 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 it's uh, what shoot? What's the big one? <laughs> is it Donkey Kong Country? It is Donkey, Donkey Kong Country. Country. Gosh, you, guys, you both I get it. I only got was that it. because like yeah. I know what the name of Donkey Kong. I'll, Country I'll give is. it to both <laughs> you guys because yeah. that you know whatever. But uh, yeah, work. that's the that's the main theme from Donkey Kong Country on the menu screen and all uh-huh. that stuff. Um, but it's obviously not that. What's the recognizable well, yeah. one? Off the top of my head, I. I can't think of it, um, but I definitely know it and can sing it a different time. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's I'll, I'll bring it next week maybe or something. Ah, people yeah, can look well, it up if you need to. Um, all right, here's the second one. And this one, it's game plus, if you can get the the place, then that's cool. It's not bonus points, but mm-hmm. ideally if you can get the game plus the kind of stage. So the game plus the stage, ideally, like the level, yeah, in which it plays. It's it's oh, the most iconic stage for that game yeah, anyway. Yeah. Is that is that Sonic uh, stage? That's stage one, right? Is that Green Hill Zone? That's Green Hill there Zone. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you guys both get points that yeah. time too. I'm feeling generous. <laughs> We're just gonna like help each other like, out. As soon time. as I played, I was like, "That is Sonic. Yeah, yeah that's, this, totally that's Sonic 100." Okay, so this one is the one that has bonus points. Um, oh, you're both gonna get. I'm pretty sure the game that it's in, and even the context of the game. But there's more specific, like, nuance to it uh, in a couple different ways. I won't say anything else. Uh, I'll just play it. So, obviously, that's a Mario theme. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> Which Mario game? 
This is the this is the one that I've played the most besides sixty four and so Odyssey. I'm probably assuming. Wow, well, you said except that, for Odyssey, yeah. so probably Sunshine. Nope. No, not Who's Sunshine. Before that. Oh. Uh, is between sixty four and Sunshine? No, but it's before that. It's the one is that it before sixty four. Oh, so like Super Mario World two or something? Super Mario World. Okay. Okay. Yep. And what does it sound like? It's going on? It sounds Obviously like water not- or jungle. Mm, I would almost. say like underwater kind of something. Maybe no. No, it's most not, of the Mario like underwater a, things yeah. are more bloom, 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 and a lot of threes and stuff. Yeah. Um, That's fair. Because of the way that the melody was going, I was almost thinking it might be like a Bowser's castle or a cave. Level. Maybe cave, cave is cave. what it is. Okay. You guys are not getting the bonus points. That's okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. Yeah, so I'm it's a cave. Also, if you knew the theme, you'd be able to tell. There's two things that are going on. These are the bonus parts of it. There's two things going on that are not normally in the namely it's faster than normal yeah uh-huh. which if you know anything about mario what does that mean means it's a power up like nope you're nearing the end nearing the end yeah, yeah you got 100 seconds left yeah so you start with 500 seconds then at 100 seconds it speeds up and then also the in that game means mm. that you're riding yoshi Oh, so that's okay. it's got a lot of things going on. It's the under, yeah. it's the cave sounds, and also you're on Yoshi, and it's the last hundred seconds. So specifically, okay, that's what's going on in Mario World. All right, cool. Um, you guys don't really get any points for that one. That was that, <laughs> that, was, that was really hard. That yeah. was very very tough. Uh, see, for me, that one, like I picked ones that this next one isn't one I would recognize at all, but oh, I okay. think both of you guys 100 percent will. Oh. Um, so that one was one that I. Definitely would have gotten most of it. I don't know if I would have gotten all the pieces unless it was kind of pointed, which yeah, I, I did. The I guess, first but. like actual Mario game that I played was sixty four actually. Yeah. So like I, which honestly was yeah. my first one that I played as well. But yeah. then I got uh, Super Mario Advance, which was Mario oh, World. Oh yeah, yeah, on mm. um on the Game Boy Advance. The game Boy Advance, yeah, obviously. <laughs> and that was uh, yeah. So that's what I played a lot of, mm-hmm. and then you know more recently I've played other games. All right, and this one I think you guys will both get, but let's see. Yeah, so definitely so Halo. Yeah, uh, I, oh, I think that's three. Place your bets for which Halo. I'm like 99% sure that, that I'm 100% sure that's Halo 3. I just want to be different and say Halo 2 <laughs> because it has, uh, well, just because of uh, what's his name? He played Ibanez guitars and it's not mm, Joe Satriani, but it's uh, uh, mm, uh, Salvatore. What? Michael Salvatore. No, not that guy. Uh no, this the second game John had Pichichi. No, another one of those John shred guys. Pichichi. Yeah. Uh he played all the Ibanez gym guitars. Ingve Malmsteen. No, not you guys are naming so many that are not him. Uh, uh Chad King. No. I'm not a shred guy. But yeah, so it, yeah, it is Halo. Honestly, because I didn't know it, it's it said the name um of the game specifically. It was um Halo Combat Evolved is that? Oh, that's three? the first one. It's, okay, Actually, I thought that was the very first, first one, one yeah. but I, I didn't want to trust myself too much. So mm-hmm. that was the theme of the first one. Yeah. So you, Steve Vai is his name. Steve Holy Vai, of course. God. Uh, yeah. Halo <laughs> Two had Steve Vai in it. Good yeah. lord. That's so. All I needed. You guys, I don't care that I didn't get points. I just like the fact that I found Steve. You both Vai's got Halo. Name. That works for me. You guys both get points. All right, and then last but not least, I don't think either of you guys are going to get this unless you've oh. been paying a little bit of attention. But it's a very recent one. Um, here goes.
right, what's your guess? You said it's kind of recent? It's a recent game. It's not a revamp of an old game, is it? No, but it's a series that we've actually already talked about. Really? Yep. Oh. In this exact conversation. I was no. going to say, my first thing was like the, the Crash Bandicoot level. Oh. You're like Honestly, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, like, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, my my only guess would be Mario Odyssey, I guess. That is, is a very Mario good Odyssey? guess, yeah. and it is correct. Yeah. <laughs> and specifically, it's Steam Gardens in Mario oh, Odyssey. Gotcha. And it's the composer of that one was the same composer, or some of the same guys that worked on the original Mario games and stuff, gotcha. which is oh. lots of fun. But yeah, that, that was another one of those where I just like turn off... I'd stop playing and just yeah. sit there, just do 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 It's it's just really fun, you know. Yeah. And the the soundtrack for that game is a lot of fun. But um, yeah, that there's the game. All right, uh, we'll tally up the points later. I don't yeah. remember what yeah, you got. What? Uh, all right, but we can get back in yeah. there. So I guess uh, I'm up first again, and so. This is mm-hmm. some of the most influential video Time games. Time out really quick, just to get for to fill people in. Normally we do like a topic talk thing, but this one we wanted to go so in depth yeah. on that we just are doing just video game soundtrack, cool this bits or whatever. All our time. The whole yeah. the we, whole show. So. We we kind of realized like halfway through the week, like we were way too excited about this <laughs> as a topic just in general that we just really wanted to talk. And having mul- we have so many examples of things yeah. that we like in video game music, and it, just to do with the timing of everything. It, we just had way too many examples yep. for everything. But this specifically is just game music that is some of the most nostalgic and just good score composition that I've ever experienced in my life. And it is the Legend of Zelda music. And I wanted to kind of preface this by saying, like, The Legend of Zelda came out in 1986 for the NES. And it had a score composed by Koji Kondo um, that is still kind of maintaining to this day like the themes that he wrote for that very original game are still persisting to this day and he wrote all of the 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 like main themes and compositions for the games up until uh, Ocarina of Time and he still wrote for some of the later games but it was usually more in like a uh you know a couple of pieces kind of way with some other like people or supervising gotcha. or directing yeah. kind of the music so like he's not solely responsible for the music that came out in in the later games but ocarina of time was was all him and and kind of the earlier games before that um yeah let's just go ahead and listen to the first one so the first one that i brought is literally just the what i would call the main theme of the legend of Zelda. It's so good. It's so good, and, and it's so iconic. And obviously, this is this is a symphony that played a lot of their music for the 25th anniversary of the games and everything. But no joke, every time I listen to this series or this like symphony playing this music, I 
have to fight not crying <laughs> and just like sobbing to yeah. myself. Uh, I, I have very powerful nostalgia for this game. Not like not nostalgia like I wish I was six again or something mm-hmm. like that, but just like I have such positive memories with these games and such positive memories with this music that uh, I just can't help but being like extremely happy when I hear these themes. And how and, well that was represented too back in the NES. Oh, 100%. You know, mm-hmm. with their sound cards and yeah. stuff too, as opposed to obviously that's fully orchestrated. Yeah, because that's a fully orchestrated thing that obviously, you know, when on the NES it would have sounded like... Like it would have sounded a lot different and a lot more restricted, but now they have so much more space to fill and they can do that and it's great. Um, but really, even up until Ocarina of Time, like it was still MIDI based. Yeah. Ocarina of Time was still completely MIDI based in the sound card of the N64 and still had such incredible themes. And the themes of The Legend of Zelda theme are, are, are what make it stand out to me so much because it's never just random music it's not just that it's good music by itself it's that they find a theme for something and they reuse it and repeated late motifs mm-hmm. are something that i just can't handle <laughs> like it, it is it is something that just gets me to my core so late motifs for those who may not have heard that term before are literally just themes that are connected to a person place or theme in a movie tv show media whatever and are repeated throughout in that pe- that body of work. So that, for instance, is the main Zelda theme, and it pops up in just about every other Zelda piece that there is because it's part of the main iconic like mm-hmm. sound of the games. Uh, and that that came out a bit in uh, in Wind Waker, especially like that was still supervised and, and somewhat helped written by uh, Koji Kondo, and it has some just fantastic themes as well. There were a lot of themes that got introduced in that game with some new races and stuff like that, but there's a particular theme uh, that plays when you're sailing in that game that just so encapsulates the feeling of being on a boat and sailing through the wind Mm -hmm. and just traveling, and it, ugh, I love it so much, and we're gonna play it. takes a lot of elements from other things too Mm -hmm. like the reminds me a lot of the hyrule field Mm -hmm. theme Mm -hmm. from like ocarina of time oh it it, and it kind of serves the same purpose too Mm -hmm. because this is the in-between traveling song like this is what plays when you're sailing i think that's brilliant the fact that this is this is one of those games that you know unfortunately i've never had the pleasure of like playing anything beyond a little bit of ocarina of time Mm -hmm. or a little bit of the original but 
you know, I know these songs back to front because I've just heard them yep. so yep. many times. And it's, I think this is one of the few video games that I know of where the score is, it, it stands out so much. Like there's, there's very few games I think that you could say that have a travel scene yeah. in the game that the score is just as like <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's it's triumphant. Yeah. And yeah. that's I mean that's the theme with all of Zelda's music is that it's it's got this overall theme of like yeah, like yeah like we're, we're going gonna, somewhere. we're, gonna get we're there. going on an adventure. <laughs> yeah. Like it's yeah. it's so adventurous uh-huh. and the theme stands out just as much as everything in the mm-hmm. game. All yeah. the like the the beautiful gameplay and the beautiful scenery and just everything about them. I mean yeah. And you don't get that in mm-hmm. games, especially a lot of modern games. While they may have, you know, beautiful music that's composed for the game, it's it doesn't stand out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's similar to the way that the Star Wars theme stands out right. in that yeah. movie. Like, it, well, and, it, and to be fair, like a lot of themes in Star Wars music, it's not just the Star Wars theme. Right. You still have late motifs. You yes. still have Leia's theme, and you have Han's theme, and you have like the overall Star and Wars they, theme. They were composed for a certain character or mm-hmm. for a certain. Theme thing in within that that piece of media whatever yeah. it might be and I, I wish we had more of that because it's it's so great when you get that that piece of whatever it might be video games or music that, that does that and yeah. i mean this this one does it tremendously i mm-hmm. think people really do latch on to that without knowing what they're doing because mm-hmm. um, people will talk about uh scores that they really enjoy and scores that they really like and they don't realize that it's because there's these little threads of like leitmotifs and, and other like more formulaic or, right. or less formulaic kind of ideas, but uh, mm-hmm. it's something that is really powerful uh, mm-hmm. in, in scores and something that people can latch onto whether you realize it or not. Yeah. The other thing that I wanted to talk about is again, like this this game series has so many themes and so many um, just just really. Okay, so this Ocarina of Time was made in a, a time period that you played music incessantly, and it kind of had that quality to it in a lot of areas. Uh, one of those themes was Epona's song, and that was a song that played when you were around your horse or in Lon Lon Ranch in Ocarina of Time. Uh, it, it very much was a song that you learned to play to call your horse. It was always playing when you talked about Epona, your horse, and it was ingrained into your head. <laughs> and I mean, like, it's great, but it's very, very simple. It's just. And that's all it is, really. That's the melody that is Epona's song. And it is so ingrained in my head that when I started playing Breath of the Wild, it's a huge departure in a lot of ways. It's very sparse, and it's not like a lot of the other Zelda games because it was composed by a couple of different people, and so it feels very different. But when I came to the first stable, I assumed that melody. Mm. That is not necessarily what plays. We're going to play first what happens at every other stable, and this is just what happens in Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. So that's the stable theme that you come up to, and it it doesn't really do what you expect in Zelda games. Yeah. It doesn't have that really obvious main theme. The funny thing is, mm-hmm. is I assumed it. Yeah. I assumed that that theme was there. I heard <laughs> it, and I knew it was there. 
and it just happened for me. Yeah. I knew this is a Pona song. This is what they're doing. It's just happening. And then you come to a different when area. You say, just to understand more clearly, do you mean like you assumed this was an iteration on it? No. I, or yeah, you just, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I assumed this was an iteration of a Pona song. I assumed that that melody was in there hidden somewhere. And I, of, I heard it yeah. in my head when this song played. However, it does not actually happen until you get to the Death Mountain stable. Yeah. And Cass, another character, one of the Rito, is there and he's playing an accordion. Mm -hmm. And he is actually playing that melody and that's what we're going to play now. But that's how much of an effect, like yeah. their soundtrack design and their their composition and their mm -hmm. their use of leitmotifs, like had a, such a profound impact on me that it it didn't have to be there. Yeah, I knew it was <laughs> going to be there, and yeah. when it happened, it was like ooh, <laughs> just like, fell into place. Yeah, it just happens, yeah. and you you get to that stable where he is standing and playing that theme, and you're like, there it is. Yeah. It's actually happening right here i just had to get to this area for it to actually be played and it made it I so powerful it, it, it is man like the late motifs in general and i'm sure we'll talk way more about these when we get to something like film scores or tv mm -hmm. scores yeah. but it, it's it's true like you may not even notice you know or, or know what the term is but when you when you hear that certain theme or like when you expect mm -hmm. it and you don't get it and then finally, you, like you know, eventually, or maybe you don't, but when you do get that payoff, it's yeah. it just makes the moment of whatever you're playing or whatever you're watching that more that much more impactful. An example with without going into too much about it because I want to save it, but like <laughs> a, a film example. If like me, you haven't played all the Zelda games, um, is is Lord of the Rings, yeah. uh, the main <laughs> Hobbit theme, which is very very yeah. uh, iconic. Yeah. Um, a lot of people may not realize this. Nowhere in the second film of that trilogy is that theme played because it's it's only played at the beginning of the first film when everything's great and we're in you know the the Shire and stuff, and then the next time we hear it is the very end of Return of the King, the last film, mm. which makes the scene, which I think you know what I'm talking about, yeah. that scene all much more impactful. Yeah. Um, but, but to be fair, like there's echoes of that theme mm -hmm. in yes. other bits right. of the competition uh, composition. It competition. yeah <laughs> yeah I know I, dude. It's yeah. that score is amazing in its own right, yeah. and, and we'll yet, see. Yeah, we'll we're see. we're we'll definitely we'll going to talk we'll about that at a later date. But uh, yeah, I I just it, I have so much fondness in my heart for the Legend of Zelda soundtracks. But Breath of the Wild was a huge departure away from that, and, and in it part surely was it surely was <laughs> in part because it was actually written by Minaka Kadawaka and Yasuaki Iwata. Yeah, uh -huh. that's right. Uh, instead of Ko <laughs> Koji Kondo, who wrote pretty much all of the other ones. Um, but Parker's actually going to talk about that a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, so I was going to pick Breath of the Wild no matter what anybody else picked, <laughs> um, which honestly is probably my favorite game of all time. Um, it came and out. And some people would argue it's the best game that's ever been I, made. I mean, I... <laughs> Object. I mean, subjectively, I would argue that, but I mean, I just know yeah. people have preferences, well, so yeah. it's hard to say for sure. <laughs> it's hard but, to say at any point what the exactly. best game ever made right. is. But. but that being said, it is definitely my uh, it's definitely my favorite game of all time. I'll say that much. Um, and so, part of what's interesting about it is every single other Zelda game has had music at all times playing, and they're always very representative of where you're where you are, what you're doing, and all that kind of thing. Like you said, late motifs and you know different. Uh, aspects of that whereas breath of the wild 
one kind of fan theory of where it falls in even the storyline of Zelda overall. <laughs> the crazy fragmented which is, timeline. <laughs> yeah, which this honestly makes so much sense to me, which I don't really care if it's the right one or not, but the way I like to think of it is that Breath of the Wild is the real world of Hyrule, and then all of the other s- stories of Zelda literally are legends of Zelda and legends mm-hmm. of Link. And so they're very like triumphant and very yeah. big and, you know, bombastic and stuff. And cause there's all these little things that, um, that point to the other, each of the other Zelda games that are in different timelines. So it wouldn't mm-hmm. really work out for this to fall in one or the other, but it, it feels right to me at least for this to be like, yeah, this is the real world. Like this is Hyrule as it actually is but you've heard all these legends of all the other ones. So all the, yeah, all the music is continuous because it's part of a story, whereas this one's the real world. So it uses silence yeah. a lot. Like, mm-hmm. and you're going around. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, honestly, you're in, um, there's so much more. It's an open world game. It's the first actual open world Zelda game where you can go anywhere. And so you spend all this time out in the wilderness to where, frankly, if there were music just kind of, uh, the two options, or the three options it has is either, um, use silence most of the time, you know, in that context, mm-hmm. or have music kind of come in and out, um, kind of like Minecraft, but music that's like bigger and, you know, doing more important right. things coming yeah. in and out, which would feel for Zelda for what that is, it would feel kind of not right because it's supposed to have all these themes. Yeah. So for it to have just like ambient music coming in and I was like, yeah, which technically it sort of does, but I'll get to that in a minute. Um, <laughs> Or have music going the whole time, which frankly would be annoying. Like if you had the Hyrule theme going, uh, you know, the field theme as you were going around, like like trying to sneak up on a camp yeah, of goblins, exactly. <laughs> or you know, like trying to catch fireflies or mm-hmm. whatever, like doing tiny little things, you know, cooking something or whatever, and it's this big bombastic, like dun, 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 you know, yeah, it, it would just feel wrong. So, um, so that's one thing that I think it does really well. But then all the themes in the game are such high payoff because of that silence and that like missing out on some other things. And so when you're riding a horse, there's just this, and specifically if you ride during the uh, long enough during the daytime, I think it might be nighttime. I don't remember. I think it's during the daytime. Opponent's theme actually plays. No, it's not opponent's theme. Uh, Zelda's lullaby plays in the background um, really subtly. And so there's all these uses and it's um, what I'm about to show all these uses of very subtle throwbacks that the composers like purposefully put Mm -hmm. in that I feel like fit in the theme of um, like, Hey, remember that story I heard about a long time ago, you know, Hmm. and it like kind of points back to that other thing. So I'm going to, um, two of these examples are going to be double examples where it shows the version in Ocarina of Time and then afterwards shows the version in Breath of the Wild. So this is the Temple of Time theme from Ocarina of Time. Okay, and now I'll, I'll get into the context of it in a second, but here's the, in Breath of the Wild, actually, I'll go ahead and give some of the context. Um, in the first area where you are, the Great Plateau, mm-hmm. there's, it's it's the, this it fairly big the area. the Temple of Time. Yeah, it's the Temple of Time, but it's mm. broken down, it's derelict, it's all like messed up and stuff. And so, but it's right towards the beginning that you can go in there, there's not a lot to do mm-hmm. in there, but I was in there and I was listening to the music and I was like, this is, this is really familiar it, what's what's is this playing the Temple of Time theme? Because it's so subtle, but it's in there. And I actually in this clip, I took out lots of space because it um, it'll play the chords that outline it, and then have like 
five to ten seconds of silence and then play the next chord so unless you're really paying attention it doesn't sound like it's doing that so here it is i i edited out some of the silence just so it didn't take forever to listen to here I'm getting chills listening to it now. Yeah. Like it, so a lot of the things that it does that are so great is uh, a, it's using piano, which is just a different instrument. The yeah, piano is yeah. used extensively in breath of the wild compared to a lot of the other games. Well, it's pretty much devoid in any of the instrument in any yeah. of the other games. Like, I mean, it's, it's just not a major instrument, right? In pretty much anything yeah. else. Yeah. And so, um, so again, when it's playing that it's so sparse, there's so much more space in there than I let in right there. Cause it just would take too long, but it's, it's outlining the chords in a completely different way mm-hmm. than you would assume it would outline it because it never really does it in that version, at least of the Temple of Time. It's just, ooh, ooh. Yeah, it, um, it's very much just the melody. Yeah, and so, but you kind of assume a harmony for that, and this does not that, for yeah. sure. And so that was one thing that, like, it, it the chords that they're choosing are really discordant. Uh, I mean, they're beautiful, but they feel kind of like something bad happened here. Like yeah. there's something yes. missing or like um, kind of some loss going on. Well, and not only that, but just like the sparseness of everything going on, like the whole game you spend fairly by yourself. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of different. Most of the Zelda games you tend to spend like around large groups of people, or there's at least something going on. Like mm-hmm. you're doing this for a group of this Zelda game. You spend a lot of time just by yourself out in the wilderness. Yep. And when you're fl- going through the temple of time, the first time, you're completely alone, mm-hmm. and this theme kind of makes you feel very alone. <laughs> well, that's I think that's interesting that it, going back to what you said about taking out the space. Yeah, I mean, I I listened to this track uh, just to kind of get caught up on it. Yeah, and you're right there there are vast moments of emptiness, but obviously that was done purposefully yeah. to yeah. fully immerse you in this. They like the the designers of this game and the composers of this music wanted you to feel that way. Yeah, they want you to feel like. It's sparse and empty, and, and I mean that's exactly how the music is. It's beautiful, yep. but like I kept waiting for the next chord <laughs> yeah. to drop because I knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. But like I, I just I wanted it. But at the same time, when you're playing that game, you may not notice that as yep. much. Yeah, you exactly. may just notice the emptiness that's yep. going along with that theme of like you said, something bad happened, mm-hmm. and it's because it it feels lonely and isolated. And it's beautiful, yep. but it's not happy, you know? Yeah. yeah, especially going into the third chord. It's down, 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 down. And it just hangs on down. Mm-hmm. Like that, speaking of isolated, like that note is just hanging out by itself. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think I'm going somewhere. But it's it kind of rem- feels like a little bird in your ear, just like reminding sure. you, like, there's some, something <laughs> going on. And then like coming back two minutes later, like, um, so but it's you know yeah it's just not present enough to really notice it so another example real quick um is this is you don't notice this song very often like it, it i was probably i've put in 250 hours into this game and you probably i didn't notice it until like 150 hours in hmm. um most of the time like the towns will actually have themes and some mm-hmm. of them are throwbacks to other yeah. themes sometimes they're not um, from other games, but m- most of the time they are. And there's a ton of these little things here. Actually, quick plug. Um, there's a channel 
if you're interested at all in this, and especially in Zelda, there's a YouTube channel called 8-Bit Music Theory that mm-hmm. does that has a four-part series on on Breath of the Wild specifically that is fantastic, where he goes into the actual like theory of it, and it's really interesting, but uh, talks about a lot of this stuff and how, um, yeah, it goes into it. Uh, I'll put a link to that in our show notes and stuff. But this one, if you go into most towns... If you go into any of the houses, the theme from the town is still playing because the because um, it's an open world game, so you don't have to load the houses every time you go in. Whereas in the old games, you'd have to load a house. Yeah. Uh, the game, you know, it would be playing the theme from the outside part. Yeah, and then you'd open a shop and it would play the music from the shop because it's yeah. loading a whole new you know, assets for that. Whereas for this, it's just already loaded all of it, so it's not going to change the theme for that. But if you go into any houses in the old game, it does this. I'll play it in a second. Yeah. <laughs> it plays a certain theme. And there's only a couple houses in Breath of the Wild that are actual houses, but are standalone. And they play the same theme, but it's the same idea where it's really like a lot slower and you can't quite tell what's going on. So yeah. here's the original one. So yeah, that's the original one, and then going right into it, here's what you find in Breath of the Wild. So yeah, it's that. I had more of it, but I mean, it's it, it it's playing it, but just like so quietly in the mm-hmm. background. Yeah. Um, and again, yeah, just it, it feels great. So um, just a couple other quick notes that because I'm taking up way too much time and whatever. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's so not your fault. No, it I know. It's, <laughs> no, and the, grand, the game is just so great. Yeah. Um, so two, two other things real quick. One is there's a place called Terrytown, and I don't yeah. want to spoil anything too much, but um, it's a side quest where you're essentially just helping build this town. Yeah. And it's got this theme that's playing, and I had that recording originally, and I figured it would take too much time. But it's got this theme that's great, and I love it a lot. It is but it's fantastic. it's real um, kind of upbeat, but fairly peaceful at the same time. But the point of it is this one guy really wants to build this town, and he wants you to recruit help from across the land. And so you're going to different places, going to different towns, where they have their own themes, and then you'll come back and recruit people from there. And then if you come back after that person's been recruited from you know Village B, then the th- some instrument and a melody from that town will be incorporated into the Terrytown melody. What? And so as you go through, <laughs> it builds out and becomes this much more elaborate thing where it's the same song, but it's just got more instruments doing little things on top of it from the different um like regions from the different regions wow. that you went to in those specific instruments and it's melodies just from those places that it's so incredible how it does it it's um yeah and also i just let i could listen to Terrytown for hours yeah it's, it's a really good theme um and but lastly i just wanted to bring up the main theme of of breath of the wild it's two minutes so i'm not gonna play the whole thing but just want to play <laughs> the end but it is huge still like mm-hmm. like the other games but in a different way, kind of. Um, it's a bit more open than a lot of the other Yeah, a lot more tracks. key changes, um, just a lot more interesting, not interesting in a detrimental to the other parts or to the other game's way, but just less triumphant so much as mm-hmm. um, kind of weird chords sometimes. And uh, also 8-Bit Music Theory goes into specifically the theme and extrapolating on it, but which is great. Um, but yeah, let me just play. This is just the kind of C section of it. 
And that last note is so great because it plays just the ones. Like it doesn't play. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's, it's playing like the a five. Chord, really? Yeah, it's well, not a chord. I mean, and because it notes. keeps going between the major and minor, you know, mm-hmm. kind of the parallel major and minor uh, within the key that it's in. And so you don't know if it's ending on the major or the minor chord and just leaves it very open. And it's because it could be down, 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 or down, down, down. So which would be the minor or the major alternatively. Uh, it just does a great job. And then that theme really doesn't come up barely at all in the game, uh-huh. except for right towards the beginning. Yeah. And then like at uh, at some spoilery parts that I'm not going to mention. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, that that game is, is really different. It is very different for a Zelda game. It is very sparse. But the towns still have those themes. Yep. And and, I, and that's one of my favorite parts was like coming to the Rito Village and hearing the Rito theme from mm-hmm. Wind Waker or coming to the Zora's Domain and hearing the Zora's Domain, like Bossa Nova from Ocarina of Time. I feel like every like theme from Zelda, all the major themes, maybe bar one or two, come back up somewhere in Zelda. Yeah, 100%. In Breath of the Wild, I mean. But Usually like, when they introduce something and they introduce a theme with it, they're like, okay, that's the theme for yeah. that, and we're going to reference that somewhere. Yeah, so it's so, great. So it I'm going to stop great. talking about that now. <laughs> Matt, what's your last one? I think... Most of our listeners just went out and bought a Switch and are now <laughs> playing Breath of the Wild. Or you, you can really kind of used Wii U and also play Breath of the Wild on that. It's also no, no, really dude, great. you can't play it in bed. I guess you kind of can on the tablet. You, yeah, but it's, you can. Yeah. You can't play it at work. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably the better point. Yeah, if you're at work and listening to this, bad. No, Not that was you. my boss and I both, when this game came out, were sitting and playing it at work. Yeah, that's understandable. Uh, yeah, it was great. But anyways, Matt. Um, yeah, okay, so uh, for my, my next one, I don't have nearly as much to say about it, but... Um, totally fine. I picked uh, Austin Wintry's Journey soundtrack. Uh, Journey is a game that came out, uh, I think, 2012 for the PlayStation 3. Sounds about right. Uh, yeah, and I, this, unfortunately, was another game that I never had the opportunity of playing. I only know it through watching friends play it and watching uh, YouTube videos of it. But it's one of those games that I don't think you necessarily need to play to appreciate the score behind it. The yeah. the score is absolutely beautiful. Um, it's it's an orchestra that's playing it. Uh, if you don't know anything about this game, it's it's a very simple concept. Uh, you are kind of like a a figure, I guess, is what you would call it. Your character yeah. is more or less like this cloaked mm-hmm. figure that's that's uh, making its way through a vast desert. Uh, to try and reach a light that's always in the distance. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you get to the end of the game, you get to the light. And I won't spoil anything, but there's, you know, things along the way. There's challenges, there's puzzles, there's obstacles. Um, not much more to it than that. Um, it's it's kind of a bare-bones game. It's another one of those games that's very just relaxing to play. And that's I think that's why it was created, uh, for you to admire the beauty of the scenery, of what you're looking at, and what you're listening to. And that's why I picked the score, is because with a game that's so minimalist and so bare-bones, the score that accompanies it has to be good. It has to mm-hmm. draw you in. And I think the score does that. Um, so, yeah, we, we can play it, and then we can all talk a little bit more about it. The- So it's that's the the 
intro theme. It's just cello, you know, playing that. That's another late motif that occurs mm-hmm. all throughout the the score, uh, the the whole soundtrack, I guess. And there's there's parts where it swells a lot. That song does swell eventually, and it gets big, and it's this whole orchestra that's playing. It's absolutely beautiful. But it's just it's so sad, and it's you know it, it just and it feels kind of, like a like a lonely desert as it well. Is. Yeah, 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 somber. It in- completely encapsulates the game that you're playing. It's minimalist, like that. It's just one instrument playing the theme, and of course that changes throughout. And sometimes more instruments play you know the theme <laughs> together. But just to start out, like it throws you in this world, and that's what you hear. You know, like mm-hmm. you know you're about to play a game. This just calming but sad, and you know it might make you feel lonely. And that's that's kind of how this game is uh there's not really anything that particularly boosts you up there's no there you might say there's moments of triumph where you feel rewarded but you know there's not it, it's completely unlike a game like zelda where yeah. you know it's you know when you're traveling across the sea yeah. there's this this big you know encouraging you to go yeah. forward right <laughs> right um so but i just I, I think it's it's beautiful because it, it reminds me so much of a film composition uh, the way that it's done or just you know a, a classical piece mm-hmm. and it, it kind of it just transports you to another world so mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah. really all i have to say about that yeah. one noise i've always heard good things about journey but same i've, I've never really had the pleasure of playing it I, yeah. i've never i haven't owned a playstation since the playstation 2 so. a game a game that i have played speaking of uh journey the the same creators made another game called abzu which is oh, a very yeah. similar game. I have game. played that yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, it takes place underwater. Yeah. It's, it's got a very similar uh, feel to it. Actually, a lot of the music for that was recorded in Nashville. Really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, That's right the... next where I live. I know. It's crazy. Uh, one of the flute that. professors from Tennessee Tech played on it. And really? I saw his name in the credits and I was like, oh, I know that guy. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're going to kind of wrap up this discussion with I'm going to talk about uh, a game that came out in 2012 published by Polytron. Uh, it was a game created by Phil Fish um, for better or for worse there's actually a, a documentary out there i don't know if it's on netflix or hulu right now about indie games and he was featured very prominently in that um, and he is an interesting individual to say the least but he came out with a really cool puzzle platforming game called fez 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 fez, fez, fez. and fez, it is absolutely delightful i love this game so much not only because i love puzzles and i love puzzle games but it's also got some platforming elements but this game had a really interesting mechanic where most of it takes place in 2d but there is a third dimension that you are aware of and you can rotate this the whole like world that you're standing on to see that other side of things and so the way that you complete puzzles in this game is by looking at the new perspectives and then like jumping your character to new things that you can see from these different perspectives which is such a cool idea for yeah. a such a cool mechanic uh and it was done really well and there's so many great like puzzles in that game and just little like mechanics but more specifically, I obviously wanted to talk about the score and sound design of the game that was done by a guy who goes by the name Disaster Piece. Yeah. And he is somewhat prolific at this point. Uh, he also did the soundtrack for It Follows and a and a, uh, another game called Hyperlight Drifter that is also amazingly fun and wonderful, and I love that game. And, it, and his score for that is super great, but... I wanted to specifically talk about Fez because it has some really cool things that it does, but let's listen to the first song off that soundtrack called Adventure.
so that tune kind of like serves as like an overture it plays at the very beginning of the game and it's just this happy little tune like you're in this happy little town and you kind of wander up to the top of this little tower and then everything changes for your little character (laughs) and uh, he realizes there's a third dimension and all this stuff and uh, for most of the game it kind of operates like a lot of like classic video games do where it has a theme that plays pretty incessantly throughout whichever area you're in and and some of them are a little more sparse mm, good lord (laughs) words Uh, some of them are a little more sparse than others but some of them um are very active and very involved in like kind of the area that you're in. But the one that I wanted to call it specifically, was a song that is on the soundtrack called sync. And that song is very mm-hmm. unique to this game because so much of the game, uh, the music is just a background thing that happens. And like disaster piece did all the sound design. So any of the like sound effects that you hear, he did all of that and that's all well and good. But this level really took it to a whole new level where hmm, and this level really took it to a whole new level. <laughs> this area of the game really takes it to a new place where, the thing like in no other part of the game do platforms that you stand on change or disappear or reappear in this area there's a theme that plays and suddenly you realize all of the platforms are changing with the beat of the music Hmm. and let's listen to it So super good, like he changes the chord and it's got this whole like kind of cycle that it does, but the whole level sort of changes with the beat of that music and you sort of, it it takes the music from being a background thing that you've been experiencing the whole game to like, this is actively what you're paying attention to and it's freaking groovy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty, like, I, I really like that song and I listen, I listen to the soundtrack a lot just independently of playing the game totally. uh, in the coffee shop, especially. I'm sure some people are kind of weirded out by it, but it's a lot of fun. But this track is, it has such a strong groove to it that I absolutely adore. But you finish this, this whole puzzle and, and you get your piece that you're kind of seeking after the whole time. Uh, and you don't see anything else like this puzzle again until a very later part of the game you see a very similar level but it's not quite the same that level is very it it's very repetitive and it's very predictable and you understand the way that the blocks are moving and disappearing and reappearing and then you get to this level and it's the same song but it's not the same song Hmm. it's very deconstructed and it's very random and glitchy and it feels Hmm. wrong Hmm. and the level reflects that the level the level isn't as predictable the the blocks don't change at the same timing like they do in the first one and let's go ahead and listen to that
the easiest way to connect that if you were listening to that and you're like i don't understand how that's related to the first like the <laughs> sync one listen to the bass part the bass yeah. part is really what ties this whole thing together because it doesn't have the big like but the bass notes are the same between mm-hmm. both of those songs and on the soundtrack these two songs happen right after each other so yeah. it's a lot easier to kind of hear the similarities mm-hmm. but ugh. the whole thing reminds me it's i have a lot of thoughts <laughs> <laughs> um and First, I just kind of like rapid fired everything. No, yeah. You guys, so it reminds me a lot of Celeste, which I actually yeah. haven't played, but I've seen a lot of gameplay of, and the music is phenomenal, and yes. but very similar. Um, so that is one thought. Another thought is also another, uh, also Apic Music Theory does a video that I haven't watched yet, but on Disaster Piece specifically, oh, yeah. and kind of breaks down some of the things that he does. The, the guy doing these videos just knows so much about theory. <laughs> yeah. I joined the Discord channel, and <laughs> like the basic Q&A of the folks that are in the Discord channel for this channel... I was like, I, I mean, I, I get what you guys are talking about, kind of, and that's the basic Q and A part where, yeah. like, and where then they'll talk about other things. I'm like, I don't, sure, all right, cool, go for <laughs> it. But yeah, he has a great, or what I assume is a great video on that, just based mm-hmm. off his other ones. But um, I, I'll just also quick point for everybody else, like, there's plenty of games that we haven't talked about, but are oh like gosh, yeah. fantastic scores, and so like not to. And I feel like we didn't obviously include any rhythm games at all, no, which is a, well, a yeah. whole subculture of, of thing or not subculture, but like, you know, I mean, there's stuff a like sub-genre. Guitar Hero, which yeah, that's yeah. The, the kind of older rhythm game type things. But then, you know, more specific, uh, like there's one coming out, Just Shapes and, Just, Just Shapes and Beats, that's a rhythm game that mm. looks really fun to me, yeah. um, whereas I don't love most rhythm games, but they obviously have great music most of the time, depending on Well, I mean, to sit genre. here and talk about Guitar Hero, I think we'd kind of be cheating. Well, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, Sure. <laughs> like, oh, Guitar yeah. Hero had a great soundtrack. Well, yeah. it had to. That's what made it work. Yeah. But, like, I don't also, know, games like, games well, like yeah. Runner or whatever, like those kinds of games, you know, have yeah, yeah, good yeah, soundtracks yeah, and stuff. But, nevertheless, these are just the ones we picked. Um, but, yeah, that was that was really awesome. And I like the. It would be fun to see the gameplay of that level because. It's super good. Yeah. Like, it, it's super good, not only because, like, that level stands out, but just because it comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Because it's just, like, a side area. Mm-hmm. So much of that game is just exploration and yeah. finding little secrets and stuff. Like, you could finish the game, quote-unquote, and see about half the game. Mm-hmm. And if you, but if you go and explore and like find these new areas and figure out little like subtextual puzzles, mm-hmm. you'll get to these new areas that that I was not expecting that level to come out. And when it did, I was like, oh, I understand what's happening. And it's super cool that this That's is with cool. the music. Like, well, what I think is, is the best part about his music in general, Disaster Piece, it, especially for this game, is that it matches the, the, the game yeah. so well because all of his stuff is rooted in traditional like 8 bit. Yeah. I mean, it's. It, you know, it's it's definitely using modern instruments and synthesizers mm-hmm. and stuff, but it's it's eight bit music, but it's got a modern twist to it. Like all yeah. the songs have a beat, yeah, uh, which is something you definitely didn't get when you were playing, you know, NES games. But and for this game, it's a two D game that happens to have a three D element to it, yeah. and that just the music to that but matches. It's, still it's very like it's classic, but it's yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's it. I, it's I think good. it works really well. Yep. But we're kind of coming up on time. Oh, yeah, we are. No, this no. was a great conversation. Man, we're yeah. going to talk about it again some other time, I'm sure. Also, we just have so much to say about video games. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> I at least would appreciate, you know, any feedback or whatever on, you know, for example, this one's going long. Our last episode was an hour and a half. This one's easily going to be two hours. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you guys have any thoughts on that, we would love feedback, you know, um, on that. But ultimately, we're just trying to have fun. Yeah. And so, you know, ideally, that'll you guys will also have fun listening to it. But, you know, just some thoughts. Yep. You guys, those were our thoughts on video game soundtracks. Thank you 
so much for listening. Uh, this was so fun. I think this was the most fun episode I've had recording it. Uh, just because, you know, it's, it's nice to get out of that realm of like, you know, purely music, which we'll dive more into later. But, you know, just to get to talk about video games, which everybody loves. Um, mm-hmm. I, we really hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, please feel free to email us at joyceeclectic at gmail.com and tell us what we got right and wrong and what you think about it. If you love us, tell us you love us. If you hate us, don't tell us you hate us. <laughs> that's not nice. Or uh, do. It's your choice, I guess. But <laughs> um, Yeah, it's, it, don't, don't do that because you got better <laughs> things to do. Anyways, uh, if you have music to promote, if you're in a band, we want to hear you guys. We love promoting music, be it local or if, you know, somebody from, like, Taylor Swift's band is listening. <laughs> come on, you know, give us a shout. Uh, we'll we'll help spread the word about Taylor yeah. Swift. <laughs> Finally, find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all the big ones, uh, at Joyous Eclectic. Uh, please rate and review this podcast so we can move up in the charts. Talking iTunes. Check us out on iTunes. Leave us a review. Please tell us what you think. Uh, and help spread the word. Share this podcast with your friends, neighbors, and those brave little toasters. Nice. Also, real quick, I think we mm-hmm. skipped one thing. If you have any emails or email any submissions you have for next week's cool Totally. Bits, yes. Out. Next week, we are talking song transitions. Song transitions. What is that? I don't know. I guess you'll have to listen next <laughs> We're week. We're going to find out. out about halfway through this week when we realize there are way too many for us to actually talk about in a reasonable episode. Happens every time. Happens every, every time. For another long episode, probably. <laughs> yep. Okay, you guys, thank you so much. Please remember be joyous, be eclectic, and be good to each other. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.